to episode 612 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. It's going to be a stunning episode. What, is it? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It, it, it's it going might... to be amazing. Every Mind episode is a stunning episode. You're not even going to believe what you hear in the next three hours. Yeah, it's three hours maximum. The traitor's final. It's, it's five to six at the moment. The traitor's final is on at nine. <sighs> so we, we got a time limit this week. We're recording early. Thank you. There was no Coronation Street tonight because it was on Monday to... No, what was it? Yeah, Monday to Wednesday. Um, so yeah, we set ourselves a deadline. We want to be there for Claudia by nine o'clock. So we're not going to do any waffling. And I know I'm waffling right now. Gemma, which episodes are we talking about this week? Episodes 11,170 to 11,175. Good, okay. Oh, traitor. I'd, I'd, I'd like want to talk a bit about the traitors, but by the time this comes out, it'll all be over. I know, but you also give spoilers out for people that aren't This is tr- Yes, up. that's very true. Not everyone is called that, that It's been quite a good series, though, I think. Oh, I don't want I think to I preferred the other, other ones because it had the novelty, but there were some, some good moments in there. Yeah, can't I mean, talk about it. Can't though. talk about it. There are other pod- traitors podcasts. There are traitors. Would you mean others? As though we're one of them. Th- this is it. We've there mentioned there are it. actual. There are actual dedicated traitors podcasts, but we only talk about Coronation Street and never any other TV we shows don't get that we watch. And it's a good yeah, stuff happening in Coronation Street this week. There was some, there was some more right stuff. So we'll get onto that. But I'm get Gemma has got a quiz. I don't even have. Not hang on, I do. It's my pen and paper. I'm ready to score myself. Question the first. This is a quiz. <laughs> The things that happen between the 22nd and the 26th of January. She yes, hasn't got a script, everybody. Nine. It's just and in I her head every week. And I saw this from conversationstreet.fathom.com, <laughs> a.k.a. Coropedia. Wow. 22nd of January, 1999. When they get evicted from the Rovers, whose B&B do Jack and Vera find themselves in? The B&B of Eunice G. Yeah. Bit of a poetry corner for you there. 23rd of January 2009. Whose murder does Tony Gordon confess to Maria Connor as part of a plan to discredit her? Jed Stone. Correct. He didn't do it. He nearly did. He didn't do it. Shoved him in a box. Yeah. 24th of... I mean, at least he didn't shoot shoot him in a box. Yes. No, but you survived that, don't you? You just get a bit funnier. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when I was little, I've said the story on the podcast before, but there was a dog on a, around the estate that I grew up on that was a bit crazy and it would bite you if you got too close to it. And everybody said it was mad because it got run over by the same milk float twice. Oh, I thought <laughs> you were going to say dog... it got shot in a box. No, but that's the sort of thing that happens. If you if you get if you get traumatised like that. Near-death experiences. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Just the first... The mental health of a of a neighborhood dog is called into question 24th of january 1979 why does everyone laugh at susie birchall when she's working in the supermarket i don't know um um simply cast your mind back i i wasn't quite alive then um, yeah, but you watched it all. Everybody laughed at her. I haven't watched that. Have I watched that episode? Have we watched that uh, on the DVD? It's happening, yeah. Do you? Um, she was working at the supermarket. I'm going to say she couldn't do her adding up right. No. She was a... She told everybody that she was demonstrating perfume, but actually she was cooking sausages and they made her dress up like a chef. No. No, do not remember. Sorry, do it's not a quiz remember. about Coronation That's Street. fine, I'm just telling you, I don't remember. 25th of January, myself. 2019. Who lets it slip to Tyrone that Evelyn left him at a police station when he was a baby? James. That's not right. Not James Bailey. No. Wheelchair James. Yes. Her 
best uh, friend, a friend that she who, never speaks to. No, no, she's uh, once a year she'll go travelling around Europe when with him when Maureen Lipman fancies a little break. I just think Evelyn only goes with him so that she can tut about the poor facilities for disabled access. Oh, I think it's because she probably gets him to jump the queue with him sometimes. Probably. There's a lot of benefits <laughs> to being friends with James. Um, yes, you're correct. Friends with benefits. Are you saying that Evelyn and James? <laughs> we don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know. We just don't never know. seen any of these holidays. But there was. I was reading the the um, synopsis for this episode, and there's a mention of the fact that Evelyn's got photos of his real mum that she doesn't let him see, but Who? James knows Tyrone. Oh, really? James knows about these photos. I didn't. I couldn't really work out. I right, so she's got photos. She had photos because, of Cassie because because Je- Tyrone had been told that everything was um, destroyed in a fire. Interesting. So I want to know what, what was it, Claire Sweeney? Ha- yeah, unlikely. unlikely. I'm going to say it. Final question. Twenty sixth of January, nineteen ninety four. Who gets married and then misses their Paris honeymoon because of a family member? <sighs> Is this, is this like an, an obvious easy one and you're giving me quite a cryptic well, clue? Gets cryptic. married, misses their honeymoon because of a family I member. gave you loads of clues there. No, you I did. could have that said who gets married, which is what I normally ask you. Um, who gets married? Who got married in 1994? Specifically uh, on the 26th of January. Specifically on the 26th of January. I don't think I'm going to get this without any other clues. But I'll be happy to guess and, and forfeit the point if you want to keep the giving me clues. The person's a mum. No, that's not that's not enough. There's lots of mums. What the person's gone missing? Huh? Who's oh who's gone missing? You the, said the mum. Someone's mum has gone missing. Two people go get oh, married. It's Reg and Maureen. Yeah, it's obvious now. You don't get a point for that. Oh, for, okay, no. She overhears no, Reg no saying that she's uh, a burden. I remember. She just goes away. Is that it? That's it. Three out of five, maybe three and a bit if you're being generous. Good quiz. Good quiz. Like it. I'm going to deduct a point every time you criticise the quiz. I've, I'm learning not to. I did say, you know, that Susie Birchall one, I said, I forgot that. I didn't say that was a bad question. <laughs> I would never say such a never. thing. Never. Birthday time, 27th of January, Betty Alberge, she played Flory Lindley. 30th of January, Tony Maudsley plays George Shuttleworth. Happy and birthday. Oliver Mellor, he played Matt Carter. 31st, I had a picture of um, Tony Maudsley on one of my... Um, and one of my screens, one of my PowerPoints at school, because I had Why? a picture of Grawp from Harry Potter. played what? by Yeah. Oh. Tony Worsley played Grawp the Giant. Yeah, uh, you know that. So I had a picture yeah, of him on my screen. He's featured in my class. That was Stealth Coronation Street in there. Mm-hmm. I like to get it in when I can. Yes. I yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm trying to get them to what uh, do, and none of them do. Watch what? Coronation, Coronation Street. Street. I was going to yeah. say, you don't need to get kids to watch Harry Potter. 31st of January, Amelia Bullmore, who played Steph Barnes, and Chris Gascoigne, who's Peter Barlow the Sick. Ex Chris will Barlow. There be, will, there will there be a seventh? Chris Barlow. Chris, Peter Barlow, sorry. Yeah, will there be a Peter Barlow the seventh when Chris refuses to return and they're like, we, but we've got such a good idea. I'm going to say unlikely. 1st of February, John Bow, who played Ducky Ferguson, mm-hmm. Lorna Laidlaw, who plays Aggie Bailey, Linus Roach, who is the third actor to play Peter Barlow and also. Related Ken, yes. to uh, William Roach. William Roach. 2nd of February, Jeffrey Hughes, who played Eddie Yates, and Caroline O'Neill, who played uh, Andrea Clayton. Good week for birthdays. I what think about he birthdays. Happy birthday, all those people. So, shall we what? talk about the Peace Coronation Street? Well, shall we? We don't. I can't, I can't remember. It's Friday now. I haven't watched it since Wednesday. I'm going to have to see what we remember. If we don't do it, who will? 
Nobody else will Nobody do it. Nobody talks about it's down it. down to us. <laughs> Nobody. Go. Right. Okay, on to this week's street talk. Um, I, I thought it was all right this week. You, you you gave some bangings this week, didn't you? You said that this last... No, I think you gave one... Yeah, one. one. Ba- yeah, you said what? that Wednesdays was banging. I think I think that... That's fi- a fire. I, yeah, I know, but I thought that Tuesdays was still the highlight of the week for me because there was location shoot. I don't think I gave any of them banging this week on our street talk shorts, but I was pleasantly surprised, very, very pleasantly surprised by Tuesday's episode after... Um, it's just the continued not-so-goodness that Monday's episode brought us. But yeah, I enjoyed Wednesdays as well. Didn't know there was a fire happening. Nice bit of drama. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, we're going to start off with uh, the Paul the Plug storyline, um, which is going to include that lovely camping trip. And there's also a bit of the brown ale stuff in there as well because I couldn't be bothered to separate it. We'll find out what's been going on with Joseph. We'll then be following up with a Splat the Rat story. This is Liam and Splat and Dylan. No, He's nearly getting splattered. I don't know. We'll see what the kids have been up to. Um, in the second one, Bailiffs at the Baileys. I guess that writes itself for one week as a storyline title, doesn't it? I quite like this one. Size of Souse. Yeah? Size of Souse. Size of Souse. Size of Souse. Size of Souse. Exactly. It's even got a little song. That is a what, do, watch out, Size of That does mean drunkard, doesn't it? If you're a Souse. So. Yeah, Size of Souse. Yeah, yeah. I almost had another one. You know that... You know that for the Lauren story, when I couldn't, couldn't think of anything specific to the story, I called it Lauren Affairs because it sounds like foreign. <laughs> it does sound and a it just like gonna, it, yeah. And it just means Lauren things. I got one for just generic Simon story, right? What? Size matters. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Size matters. But I'm going to leave that well, until there's a more generic story, Simon storyline. But, you know, he gets get a storyline once in a blue moon. Um, next up, speaking of that, oh, baby. It's going to be my storyline title for Tommy O. Ugh. Yeah. And they haven't started the affair yet, but tall. we know it's coming. Too tall. Yeah. He is. He's massive. Massive Matt Milburn, they call him. He's Massive Matt Milburn. That's the actor's name. Yeah. Do you think they do? Definitely. He was... Oh, you must have had an to duck to get under that door door frame. Or may, maybe Kate Ford is just very wee. I don't know. But, um, yeah, there's not much he to say He doesn't need a ladder, does he? he <laughs> yeah, you said that, didn't you? Yeah. Expert decorator. That stain what on, the hell is Stephen on Tracy's ceiling. He just needs to reach up, maybe stand on his tiptoes. All sorted. I've never been in a position to be able to pay somebody to decorate uh, anything that belongs to me. But £800... For a bedroom seems rather extortionate. I would have no idea how much that is. And, it, and he said, she said the daily rate's 200 quid, right? And that's by far and away the biggest expense there. So how long has he taken to do this bedroom? I think it's quite reasonable. We had to have a surveyor around our house no. this week and yes. he was here for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Okay. Over 400 pounds that cost. Yeah, but listen, that's different though because you're not paying him for the time that he's here you're paying him for his expertise in being able to spend 20 minutes to go, this is what's wrong with your house. <laughs> and email us the report, yeah, honestly, well, it's terrible. Well, I've not paid him yet. Um, so the the brown ales and the pull the plug storyline, we will get on with first. Um, so this is kind of, we, we saw, was Linda in it on Monday? I can't remember, but let me, let me refresh just, everybody's memories, including mine. I want to quickly say to all yes. the a really annoyed house decor- decorators now that I've, I've upset with my comments. Um, I'm sure you might be worth £800. Maybe you could paint a muriel or something, <laughs> but I wouldn't say it was worth £800 to somebody to do it for me, you know? I, I don't it's know. It's just I a mean, pain in the bum. 
It's not like it's not like it's like beyond anybody's ability to paint a room. We painted this room that in which we're sitting we now, and I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. But it was a big pain in the bum to do this. It was a bit. It took us a lot longer than I thought. Use, yeah. but it didn't take us two, more than one day. But our friend Rachel's moved. No, Lorraine's moved into a big house recently, hasn't she? And a mansion, I would call a, it. It's fairly um, palatial, and she, they're they're painting all their own house. I, I, how, do you, how do you have the time to do that? I suppose they're not teachers, are they? Or podcast. podcasters, yeah. Right, so Gemma's acting all a bit normal in front of the kids on Monday's episode. Chesney just wants to talk to her. Okay, and they're, they're not They're not particularly um, in, in each other's well, good books at the moment. Well, let's just say, she's put on a front, isn't she? Yeah. But she and Chesney are... He's sleeping on the, on the sofa. Because he didn't believe Joseph when he had complained about his symptoms of limes. Or Gemma. Hmm? He or didn't Gem- believe Gemma oh, or... No, 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 no. or Joseph, but and that's why she's annoyed. Like I think I said last week on the podcast, I would cover him a little bit of a slack. If, if medical professionals... I know, I shouldn't always trust medical professionals. They're not on this often show. Often right. Definitely not on this show. And I know that my mum had certain issues with um, being told that she well, didn't have something that she had back she in the day. She would not be dead. But, and though she might. No, <laughs> I, there's no... I'm going to say. You're going to blame. I'm going to name and shame that. Do- no, I'm not. Dr. We, I know. Arseface. Yes, well. Um, anyway, Gemma, the, this this was a very, very long time ago. Gemma is not oh, happy yeah, to... Oh, right, s- yeah, yeah. Oh, no, so it doesn't count. No, anymore. it does. I'm sorry. No, I'm very mad at that doctor who misdiagnosed well, my mum. Don't need to talk. Why well, you've gone into... I didn't mean this to turn into a conversation. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, sorry. What a depressing start. How's your how's your weekend, everyone? <laughs> Linda um, comes into into the house and she's offering to babysit, and Gemma's like, she's not in it. She hates her as well, just as much because Linda was stirring the pot massively last week, saying, "Oh, Jessie, you should you should drop Gemma, get rid of her. She's just she's going cuckoo." So she says, "Right, Chesney, you go off to the hospital. You need to get things right with your son because he don't want to see you right now." So he heads off to the hospital. First of many hospital scenes this week. And Joseph's like, oh, I just can't stop thinking about how many times I told you I felt poorly. And Ches is like, oh, son, I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry. Sorry? God. I've got lots of people, lots of kids in this house telling me various things. They have a nice little reunion scene, don't they? He loves him. They have a little cry together. Joseph says he loves him too and they hug. And Chessie's like, look, get over it. At least you're not dying. (laughs) I I think it was quite nicely done. I mean, it, it didn't, I'm not going to say that I was brought to tears by this scene, but I know some people were. I've seen really? some people complimenting this. Yeah, some... I don't remember being particularly moved by this, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is really sad when you're a kid. You're so powerless. I, I wish that I could... I wish that I could feel some things sometimes that other people feel. I think feel. it's probably better that but you don't. I cry at E.T. and Forrest Gump. So um, there's oh, something at least. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Bernie, um, <laughs> meanwhile, is over visiting Paul. And she she's kind of on the phone to somebody when she comes in and she's a bit cagey she's about kinda, it. She's kind of, or is she? She is quite cagey, yes. Paul's, she says it's Deb, but Paul doesn't believe her. Um, Moses is there. Bernie says, you're not needed. Bogs off. I can't remember. I feel was... really sorry for Moses all the way through this. Why? Is this... So this is the... Paul and okay yeah this is yeah this is Paul and Joseph because everyone keeps every every time he turns up people are like oh you're either not le- needed or you should have been here half an hour ago and now Paul's drowned in the bathtub because you didn't get him out or you will stay here and have dinner with us you're not allowed yeah. to go home because we will force you to socialise with us se- sexual harassment I've, do you have what's your kind of early impressions of Moses like, he feels like he's not really got much of a personality yet but I kind of can't help 
but like him. I like him, but... I'm, I'm gunning for Mo, not in a good way. I'm championing, championing Moses. I think he could be, he could have the potential to be a nice character, but I, he also, to me, is coming across as, I'm a temporary character. What do you... I, I don't, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but he really feels like a bit of a Darian to me, in so mm. far as he is, um, like, the, the symbol of some kind of societal issue who will be discarded once yeah. we've been taught about the plight of of social care mm. workers. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, and, no. I... And all the extra little bits that make us feel particularly sorry for him, you know, the the implication that he's been chased out of his his home country because he's um because he's gay. Gay and yeah. that yeah, there's a lot of issues in one character who really doesn't have a lot to say apart from sorry I'm late or but I've I, got to go. It feels like he's got so much he seems potential. Really nice. He does seem really, really nice. But is I he just, is he right for Todd? I don't. I'd, I'd really, I'd really like Todd to to settle down with somebody. I mean, obviously, the the likelihood I'm gonna say is once Paul is no longer with us, Billy and Todd will eventually find each other so? again. I think it's oh. fairly inevitable, even if it's just a brief dalliance. I, I don't know, but I I I really do like Todd. He's not. He's not nasty, is he? He's been sneaky and devious. And he's... Well, when he first came into the show, you know, back in the early 2000s, he was lovely. He didn't have a nasty bone in his body. But they made him... Got beaten up in London. Got beaten up in London and he came back... Just like Shona got shot in a box and that dog got run over by the same milk. Exactly, exactly like that. Um, And yeah, he came back being a bit... bit nasty didn't he um <laughs> but then he got recast and i've never really felt exact that same level of manipulativeness from gareth pierce todd although we've seen it a bit but in any case i, I digress i i would like to see him because he's been a character settled down okay um with with somebody nice because we've known this character for twenty years and he's never had a proper stable relationship and i get the idea that he'd like one i don't no. know yeah. I, I don't know whether he'd be very good in one no but he'd maybe eat, that's in his youth he'd and eat it, Moses alive this this is the thing I mean as much as I say oh, I hope that he and Moses can make a go of it I'm not I'm not completely convinced that they're right for each other Moses seems as pure as the driven snow doesn't he and Todd he, he's a bit yeah he's still a bit of a wrong one but but not really I think eating me alive is a, is a good way of putting it but you never know maybe Moses could work his magic on Todd and I, can make, I, I don't know. Tame I, the beast. I'd, I'd like to see something, but it does feel like they're just going to be you know, having dinner together for a bit and then something's going to happen with the assisted dying or Paul's just going to die himself or something or, or Billy's going to make a pass at Moses. That probably won't happen. And then it's going to be over. But I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, if I, if I if you would say, who in Corrie would you like to see paired up with someone? I honestly, I do think it's Todd's time because I've got a... Yeah, I've got a soft spot for him because he's been with us for so many years. I know he had a bit of a break, but anyway. I, I digress again on this episode digress. that I promised was going to be a shorter one. Um, so, um, weird. this is one of the reasons why we hated Monday so much. We, there were some odd bits in it. And the next scene in this story with Dev oh, in the no, pub. This, was, this was, did not work. Everyone's saying, how's Bernie doing now she's out of prison? And he starts getting really off about stop mentioning that she's been in prison. I, I don't really... I don't really get what was up with him. And then this... he does this thing where he sits in the booth, turns round away from everyone, and just is like, 
and everyone's staring at him and it was awkward and we were watching it what's he doing yeah Ed's there and um yeah oh yeah he's sitting with Ed isn't he he sits with Ed and he says oh the shame of it and then he said it's real the shame is real but but it doesn't it it really really was a flub and a flop I don't know I don't I don't know what happened there but it felt felt like maybe an improvisation that wasn't I don't a good know idea. because you know that we, we we love Dev we love comedy Dev and I know not everybody does but we we like him for his kind of over the top silly zaniness well he's um, you know and and that wasn't it it was just kind of retreating into his shell it's no secret because Jack P Shepherd's mentioned this on the quiz the the yearly quiz that um, Jimmy Harkinson does sometimes throw the script out of the window. Mm. And says what he wants. So, so maybe, maybe that's maybe what this was here. that. But but and I maybe don't... Um, it was a misfenestration in this case. <laughs> Defenestration, sorry. A misfenestration, <laughs> Mister Harkish, and I put it to thee. Um, so Gemma's in the flat later, telling Paul and Bernie. Look, I'm just going to have to stick with Chesney because I can't afford not to. That's kind of sucky to have to come to that conclusion. But I, I'm kind of feeling at the moment that although. Although I'm also have got some sympathy for Chesney, I do think that Gemma is within all of her rights to be really peed off at him. But I think for her to to come round at this instance and say, you know, I think it's over. If only I could afford it, I'd have dumped him. I think that's going too far. Every everybody makes mistakes. Yes, this was a big one, but I I don't think that she should or actually would through throw her not even 12-month-old marriage away for this. What, what do you think? It did, it did feel a bit overly dramatic and a bit hyperbolic to, for her to be like... It, it's the classic the soap kind of, I'll never speak to you again sort of thing. Uh, I, I think I, I think she's going to calm down. I mean, you know, I, I, I would happily uh, see Henry come back onto the street and whisk Gemma away. But in this case, I think that she will calm down and realise possibly it was a bit of a overreaction maybe I, I don't know um, tell me if I'm wrong I, I, I probably am that's fine <laughs> so um, Todd uh, meanwhile is uh, is a bit worried because he's seeing Billy out on the street leaving Paul alone up in the flat and he's like what but Paul he can't be left alone again what if he bumps himself off Billy's like no 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 we're gonna we're gonna do it together when the time comes don't worry it's about like, this is this a double suicide <laughs> it sounds like it does it Billy's the one that's gonna help Paul in, according to their well, plan. Now Todd knows this. He didn't know this before. No, he did know... Yeah, he knew that Paul was... That this is how Paul wanted to end it, but now he knows that, that Billy's the, the one that's going to be doing it. So anyway, Billy's like, no, it's fine, and, and off he goes. And then <laughs> Todd bumps into Moses coming out of the cafe, and they agree to spend the day together, and it's a little bit... Ooh, what, should, we, should we get together? Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, kind of sweet, I guess. Bernie, meanwhile, is um, sets to learning... Uh, what does this say? Cleaning, I Cleaning. imagine. Yes, that's, so this is usually you that looks at my notes and go, what on earth does this say? This See, is how me. how can you have a go at me when you don't even know yourself what you wrote? <laughs> usually I tried to read ahead and, and, a little bit, but this time I didn't. And if I call it out, you get really upset. But usually it's funny. <laughs> I'm and nobody, la- nobody thinks bad of you because you... Because it changes. It's just Bernie sets to cleaning in the house, and Paul says, "Oh yeah, this is when she yeah. tries to. F- she almost finds the drugs, doesn't she? She's yeah. rummaging around the cereal cupboard, and the death drugs are just there behind the cocoa pops or whatever uh, brand of Weatherfield cereal Mike Gleason has designed recently." I don't want to tell anyone how to live their lives, right? That's not me. You guys know. I don't judge. 
I don't mm. I don't try to give out advice where it's not needed. No. But I would tell you to not put death drugs in your cereal cupboard. Well, there is a... I know she's not a child anymore, but does Summer not go rooting around in that cupboard? Yeah, I'd have thought that she likes a bowl of crisp, Rice Krispies every so morning. I've got this family's cool syrup I put all over my cornflakes. Although, I mean, I, yeah, she's not allowed the sugary sweet, the cereals, of course, is she? What with the diabetes and well, all. Well, she probably also can't get the child caps off. <laughs> anyway, yeah, probably for the best that there was a near miss and maybe they get to um, re reevaluate their, their hiding place. But that this. does raise a question. Would you put... An illegal stash of morphine. No, was it benzos? Benzos. Do do, do illegal drugs drugs come in bottles with childproof caps? (laughs) Probably. Although, I don't know, I suppose they're not... Don't know, do we? They're not NHS. Never had any. No. Um, But I would hope if you're you're an ethical drug dealer, perhaps you might think a bit more carefully about... I thought you were going to say, this does raise the question, what does Summer have for breakfast? What does she have? (laughs) I bet she has... She's still on the energy drinks. I bet she has wholemeal toast with margarine on it, which is the most soulless breakfast in the universe. I think I'm she's... Sorry. Oh, what's that Absolutely. horrible, horrible stuff that we got? Oh. The little... Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the little brown... The little pellets that are like... <laughs> bunch what are they called? We got them. They were horrible. Grape nuts. Grape, grape nuts. nuts. I bet Summer has we, grape but nuts we, well, we talked about grape nuts last time. Somebody did write in. Was it Pat? And said <laughs> that they remember. like grape nuts. I don't remember. You know, each to his own. But yeah, in my head now, Summer's... Eating a grape right, so nut, here's so the don't, don't hold your hold your drugs near the grape nuts. What would you rather have for breakfast, grape nuts or death drugs? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I I, I don't you know. But enough sugar on the death drugs would be fine. <laughs> Helps the medicine go down, Mary Poppins says. Um, anyway, anyway, so he's Paul's like, oh my gosh, she's going to find my drugs. Um, go and clean the bedroom first, ma'am. And then he's like texting help to somebody, which turns out to be Paul, who's getting his um, lunch date with Moses interrupted. No, hang on, Todd. Cause Todd, so, oh yeah, so he, he is Paul. Yeah. Todd's having his lunch date with Moses. <laughs> he's like, I'm texting That wasn't help, even in the notes. It says what it exactly myself. was here. Um, anyway, so Todd has to, has to run off and it's very sad. I mean, he, he could have come back, to be fair. But well, they're having a lovely the speed dial now, and then special occasion speed dial, and he's really sad because they were enjoying it, and now Moses has got probably pay. Yeah, no, no, I thought he left in the money. It's a joke. Um, Chesney is. Um, we are, we, we'll go back to one storyline in a minute. He's getting home from the hospital. Gemma is not particularly impressed um, to hear that uh, he's been making up with Joseph because I, th- I think she's. I don't know, she just wants... She's got a bee in a bonnet about him, hasn't she? Linda comes in, says, do you want some quinoa? No, quinoa. 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 I even spelt it right, because she said quinoa, and I thought, I know, I know how to spell is. that. I, and I spelt quinoa. it correctly, and I forgot it. Oh, my gosh. Gemma's just basically just very, very off with Linda and if you want, Chesney If you're a point. Coronation Street writer and you want everyone to take against your character, this character, you just write that they're having quinoa. Quinoa and grape nuts. The, the Feast of Kings. Um, I get your bowels going, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or does it stop you up? I'm not. I don't know. I'm okay with it. I would have thought grape nuts would that would make you go. Maybe, maybe I one. Reckon. Maybe that's what Gemma had been having at the camper van on Wednesday, Tuesday. Good, good in combo because you have one and then the other one stops. Cancels out, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, um, Linda gets Chesney alone later and says, look, I'm sorry for everything that I did here. I'm sorry for causing all this drama. He's like, yes, you have. You've made things ten times worse than it needed to be. Now Gemma hates me. 
Oh, that's right, Chesney. I'm usually, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm usually the perfect specimen of a man and husband. Well, he's such a little... <laughs> so, Gemma, Linda says, look, things will sort themselves out in I, time. and that's... Linda, don't you let him tell you that. He's brought this all on himself. He's He did start he it, He told but... Linda this is the situation. No, Linda was making things a lot worse. He, Yes, he might have been the one to put the idea in her head, but you don't get told that and then immediately go and looking for divorce lawyers. She's Gemma is her daughter-in-law. She's still not, family. She's not. Daughter-ish-in-law. She's not. Step-son, daughter. nothing to do with Linda. Well, then why does she care so much then? Keep your big nose out of it. Well, she's retired and she lives in Portugal and nothing happens. Nothing to spend all um, her oodles of cash on this time of year. They don't have... Portuguese soaps. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Otherwise, she'd be in those meddling around there. She'd be a Portuguese tart if she was in a Portuguese soap. No. Portuguese tart with a heart. <laughs> She's not a tart. No, I know. Um, She's got quinoa. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tarts eat quinoa. What? Don't, don't, don't tarts eat quinoa. Uh, no. Okay, okay. It's illegal. Um, so anyway, Todd gets back to the flat, Bernie's in the kitchen, um, but luckily um, she gets a phone call and disappears off to Bog to go and take it, um, so to, which gives Todd the chance to grab the pills, hide him away. Um, and then Bernie goes off again, and uh, it turns out that she's bought herself a camper van, so this is who she's been on the phone she to. She's bought it, she's borrowing it. She's borrowing a camper van so that she can take her and Apollo and Gemini off on a lovely pre-death trip. Um, you can't do post-death trips. You can, that's what, well, um, old Teddy had one with Audrey all up to the late district, didn't they? Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, and we also, the end of the Gemma and Chesney story so far is that she's admitted that he is a good dad, but he's still sleeping on the sofa tonight. Is he, though? Izzy? Yeah. yeah, what about Izzy? <laughs> she still hasn't had a scene with Linda. Still hasn't had a scene between Izzy and Linda. <laughs> She's like, Mum, Mum, my fridge has gone on the blink. Linda's like, that's a shame. Ch- Ch- Chesney, I mean, Gemma is miffed that Linda has come in and told Chesney that he needs to divorce her. But at least Linda's talking about Je- Gemma. Linda, she, she's she's forgotten that her daughter exists. I know. Literally. It doesn't make any sense, does it? I, I really, really do not comprehend how there couldn't have been at least one scene because Izzy's been in it this week as I know. well. I know. It, it must be. It must be. I reckon there's massive a, behind the scenes spat between Shirley Lewis and Houston. Big, and <laughs> I reckon something went down. Maybe re- at Christmas. Who knows? You reckon? Yeah, probably. It's maybe so maybe a fight at the at the uh, at the Cory party, Christmas party. Yeah. And. Um, who knows who won? I wouldn't like to say. Um, right, so Tuesday. This was my episode of the week. Um, like you wrote the, this one, did you? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You can you can send me the check in the post later. Um, this was. Um, I I didn't know there was going to be the fire on Wednesday, and I did not know that we were going to be treated to a lovely little road trip. And yes, it kind of went the way that you would expect. And of course, it's going to break down or get stuck or something. But this is this is what I really like. Three characters, no mobile signal, can't speak to anyone. It gave loads of opportunities for some lovely family chat. Um, and, and Jane Hazelgrove and, and Peter Ash particularly, who are the, the main players in this. Absolutely wonderful. Good job on Tuesday. So the, 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 the story goes that um, she, she params the... Uh, van to Gemma and Chesney, uh, Gemma and Paul. Uh, there, there seemed like a bit of an unnecessary 
false start to this, didn't they? Because their Gemma's like, "Oh, I can't go away." Well, Joseph's in hospital, and and Paul says, "Oh, Billy wouldn't like the thought of me going on my own." And he's off with. He was supposed to be off with someone, wasn't he? I can't remember what happened with that in the end. So they're both saying, "No, no, we can't go." Next scene we see of them, they've changed their mind for no good reason, and they've got their got their bags packed, coats on, and off they go down the country roads, having a lovely sing song, drone shots and all, very lovely. Um, it felt like it was the same kind of area of the country where, um, like where Harvey Gaskell's van crashed, you know, and yeah. that it, it it looked very similar to that area, didn't it? But I've got no idea where it was. Um, Maybe somebody can tell me. Um, later on, though, they are somewhat lost. And we d- I did get flashbacks to last time we went camping up north oh, when God. we couldn't find the campsite ourselves. Yeah, we, when, we, when we went to Manchester last to see yeah, Sue Devaney. We were in the Midlands then, weren't we? Well, north, north of here. Um, and we, we were driving around these country roads. No signage. The worst. The, no sat-nav signal. No map trying to find the campsite. But... You know, at least we did find it in the end and not end up in the middle of a rugby pitch. But yeah, they they, they find this field, get stuck in the mud. Um, yeah, trapped. Back on the street, though, Billy's there and wondering where Paul is. <laughs> he obviously gets it into his head. Maybe this is the night Paul's taken himself off to do away with himself. So he's somewhat panicked by this. Um, well, the pills are gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't, he didn't know that the pills have been moved. So, um, yeah, massive drama there. The the twins, uh, Gemma and Paul, aren't well, impressed. Well, he runs, he runs into the Rovers and tells everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's, he's checking he's this. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, he, where, where is everybody? David is there, like, saying, oh, we'll send out a search party. But he's a bit... Um, Bit just Davidish about how he delivers that line. He doesn't. I just don't think he seemed to be taking it that seriously. No, it is quite serious, really, because it's not like Paul's often out and about, is it? No, he he doesn't get around much these days. No, it's not like he's probably popped to town. But I suppose Billy's the only one that knows that Paul has said that he might take some but, medicine to help him along his way. But also. You, you might, you know, you don't need to illegal drugs. You could just jump off a bridge or something. This is true. Um, so anyway, that that that's all going on if in the street. Anyone wants any good ideas? Just just that's off a, a bridge. Um, night's fallen over in the don't rugby pitch. They don't know it's a rugby pitch at the moment. Bernie says, "Look, yeah, maybe I took a wrong turn. Sorry." Um, oh no, the car won't move. The van won't move. Looks like that slow puncture has finally caught up with us. What slow puncture? They've got one. Gemma's phone's ringing. They're there they're, they're a bit later on. Um, and B- Billy's been looking around. He's frantic. He can't get hold of them because, as you know, in the country, no reception. Um, and he, he gets through to her, but not doesn't realise that it's her that she's that he's talking to. Or maybe it was Paul's phone and Gemma picked it up. I can't remember. But um, basically, it's a bit of a... I, 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 I don't know whether I like this, the way that they found out, but it was he doesn't realise that he's not talking to Paul, so he just starts blurting out, now's not the time, I know you've got the drugs or something like that, doesn't he? Yes. That, how did, did you feel that it was a little bit like clunky the way yeah. that, that they found it out? Yeah. I don't know how... I'm kind of, in a way, glad that they do know and it's out in the open. But anyway, I can't suggest any they other better way. this specifically so that they could have this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... It's it's good that this scene happened 
but yeah, how we got here was a bit weird. Never yeah. Mind. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. It all made sense. It made it? sense. Put Gemma and and and, and Bernie are like, what what is he talking about? And Paul's trying to avoid Bernie's questions for a while, but they know what's going on, and he's not getting away with it. And he says, eventually admits, like, yeah, just I just want the choice to die when I'm ready. And but but Bernie's great throughout all of this. She's like, oh, bully for you. Stuff the rest of us. Um, I can't even imagine what that must have felt, what that must feel like for to hear from your own son that this is your plan. I mean, yeah. for one thing, you know, I suppose being told by your partner, that's one thing like Billy, but to, to, to find out from your son who, who you feel already guilty about bringing MND on, which is what she said to Abby, that now he's going to do this. She, I, I, terrible, terrible stuff. Um, but, but I suppose a bit like Billy, she does come round to the idea quite quickly, doesn't she? Um, she's she's firstly kind of going, look, why would Billy sign up to this? So-called man of God. Has he got to you when you're inside? Um, he he kind of implies that he might have... She um, does. No, he implies that he was going to do it to himself while she was in prison. Paul did. Paul, yeah. yeah. But but Billy was able to stop him, and and Bernie. So this is, makes things worse because yeah, really she help. she could have come out of prison and he'd be dead. Um, I don't get why he said that, and I don't really recall it ever feeling like he was ready to do it. I don't know. I don't think he's been like no ready on the precipice, like now or never, and somebody down. has to no yeah. yeah wrestle the pills out of his hand. But I suppose it adds to the drama. Gemma's there as well. I mean, Dolly did a good job in these scenes as well because I I really do buy the um, sibling relationship between the two of them. She's just like, just just promise that you won't do it. And and he can't. Um, No, because it's not about them. It's no, about him he's he's made this choice now. He's been this has been this has been tumbling about in his head since you know last summer, and he's yeah he's made the decision. It's not the decision that he's taken lightly. He's had other people like Billy and Todd that he's had to convince of it, which has probably made him all the more convinced that it's the right thing to do. And he's if he if he if he is agrees to kind of think it over again for their sake then he could just change his mind back again and then he'll want to change it this way again and so i think yeah he's probably in the right no. here to to you know put his foot down and be stubborn about it yeah because it's nobody else has to live in his body except for him mm. and um you know there's a lot of his this is this is obviously we're talking about suicide here um, we learned a lot about it from Aiden's story, and I know a lot of people react. You know, it's very selfish of you to to take your own life, but it really genuinely isn't about anybody else except the person who's doing it. And it's although this is a different reason why he's doing this, um, it just you just can't you can you just can't appeal to the, to people who've made this choice in, in that way. There are, I mean, there are. I suppose, I mean, that that's what the Samaritans are for. You could well, say, no, right? I know, but I just want to, like, anyone who ever thinks, oh, it's my fault because I wasn't enough or I couldn't convince somebody not to, mm. it's just not, it just doesn't even come into it. No, and I think that we did learn that through the Aiden storyline. Lots of people are making the obvious comparisons to the Haley story, but there's definitely 
elements of, of Aiden in here as well, aren't there? Because we got to see everybody's different reactions. Yeah. And Kate was the one that said it. She was the one saying that Aiden was selfish and Johnny was feeling guilty about it. And and I think it was Beth that was Beth saying, said oh, it was selfish. yeah, yeah. Um, it's obviously a completely different thing because he had a mental mm. um, issue. You know, he was sick mentally and this is him, you know, Billy, uh, Paul is sick physically. Mm. But there they, hasn't been anybody yet, and I know only a small number of people know, but there hasn't been anyone yet that has whose automatic reaction has been. Oh, good. That sounds, you know, I I I, I immediately respect your decision. But they've just it, they've just come round to the idea relatively quickly. But it is really interesting that people's different different responses to the idea of of suicide, depending on what the reason is, mm. because a lot of people are really really accepting of assisted suicide for people who have physical ailments or uh, you know a terminal illness but there are some places where i think it's becoming accepted to decide to make this decision because of a mental illness yeah and that feels like a completely different conversation mm. but i know that that there have been cases of people having assisted suicide for that for that reason and it just feels really really Horrible, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm ready to make a decision for myself about this yet, about which side I'm on, and oh. it's it just it's it's one of the it's, this is what it's I a said, taboo though, subject, but, isn't it? That yeah. was the whole the whole but thing I find I it difficult to talk about. This is what I said before about the implications of assisted suicide and making it legal that people don't really think about because what's the di- what's really the difference? Mm. If you're in pain, if, but it's but it's um, from a mental issue but you're just you know that you're never gonna overcome it and you don't want to be here anymore Mm. what's the what's that how is that different really it's understandable how people people think there's only one way out of this i I don't want anyone to think i'm advocating for anything particular i'm just saying that there's a lot more to talking about this than just oh it's completely logical in this situation and i would you know, wouldn't yes, want to stop anybody. It's not a black and white. I no, it really think. isn't. And Coronation Street, it's quite interesting that they've done this storyline twice now without really talking about why this might not be a good idea. Well, but Roy, Roy was not happy supportive. Well, he was supportive in the end, but... Well, he wasn't happy about it Begrudgingly, afterwards. no, and it certainly wasn't afterwards. This is different in that more people are finding out. Like, there's a good what, seven, eight people maybe now know that Paul's planning to do this, whereas Roy was the one that, the only one that knows, that knew. So Again, there's, there's scope now for people to and talk I... about it and we might see more of those conversations between people about should should Paul be doing this or not, what do you think? I don't know where but we I didn't just have think, that with Hayley. I just think this happens a lot more than people think it does and it, and, and it just gets brushed under the carpet because what would be the... What would be the purpose of mm. doing anything about it? I know that medical professionals sometimes help people go faster than they might have done. I know that for a fact. So legalizing it, I don't think is in mm. is in anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I don't know what I think. I'm glad I don't I, have to know from experience. Yeah, well, that, that's. I agree on that one. Um, I, I really enjoyed the scene later when we had um, Bernie and Gemma sitting on the, the chairs outside the camper van, like staring up at the sky. 
Fair play to, to Jane and Dolly and Peter, by the way. They must have been freezing filming all of this. This was, must have been filmed like back in December time. At night, no mm. nighttime filters on this one. Um, they're sitting there looking at the stars. It was lovely. And Gemma's like, I, d- I don't think I can ever accept this. And Bernie's starting to come round to the idea and saying, look, the most important thing here, whether we accept it or not, Paul needs to know that we love and trust and accept him. And then we cut to Paul having a cry. Can he hear them? I don't know. I don't know if I he's crying because probably... he feels alone or, or is, he, is he crying because he feels relief that he it didn't seem like a happy cry no it was i I think that he's crying because he's now burdened his mum and sister with this knowledge i know unintentionally it's a bit crappy of them to be like right paul well you sit here by yourself you i know you can't move we're gonna sit outside and talk about you and then he's crying by himself in the dark or something I I I I think he's he's gone to bed, but or he's saying he's gone to bed, but actually he just needs some time on sad. his own to kind of debrief himself. But that was that was. Do you know really what I say about the story? Scene. What it's a bit sad. It's a bit sad. It's Paul's a bit, a bit sad. sad. And it's very controversial. We have an award at the end of the year for the bit sad. It's the bit, bit sad, sad award. <laughs> um, it's a anyway, a um, next morning, and I love this. This bit so rarely happens. An episode stretching into the next day. Oh, okay. It feels like a little special treat. I mean, the fact that it was night time, that's, you know, that's different for Coronation Street. That very rarely happens. Um, and it was night time about a third of the way into the episode, I think. But for them actually to go to the next day, they, they seemed to like they did it a bit more often in the early days, didn't yeah. they? In some of the 60s episodes, you like get an evening and then a morning. But I loved it. I, I loved it. And I, no, it just... I got confused then because I know what the next sentence is. And I thought you were referring to that. Oh, what, Gemma going out for a poo? <laughs> I love this. I think it's great. They don't normally do this on Coronation Street. Oh, I did. I'm sure some people hated that. I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind of fun. Do, was quite do you know funny. she was actually going to do a number two and not... Yeah, she did. She says, I'm going to have a poo. I don't know. She literally said that. This is Gemma Winter here. She's she, She's got no filter when it comes to bodily functions, has she? Why wouldn't you get a camper van at a toilet? How has Paul gone to the toilet this whole time? I don't know. Let's not think about it. Don't know it. how Paul's gone to the toilet. I don't even know how Paul was able to get into that camper van, let no. alone get, get out of the toilet there. Or maybe maybe, maybe there is one there and Gemma just likes to do her own naturel when, maybe, she's, well, when listen, she's going camping. This is often a, a criticism of, of um, caravan camping that basically you have to listen to your nan doing a poo in a cupboard next to you. Yeah. So I, I guess perhaps to maintain some kind of decorum, she's decided to poo outside. <laughs> Maybe. You know, like a civilised person. <laughs> and that's again, like, Dolly, Dolly, I, ne- never never spoken to her. I don't, uh, but again, fair play to her for doing this. She, She's the vilest character, not not in a horrible way, but in a, in a personality way. Although I'd sometimes say vile she is, is the right word. just just gross. Say, she's I'd a gross no, out character. I'd say organic because <laughs> she's there and she's like taking down her onesie, isn't she's got she? Got a roll of toilet paper in her <laughs> bright green hand. toilet paper, wasn't it? And, uh, and, and she's, then... she's like chinning her clothes so that she's... to keep them away of the foul. Yeah. Excrement. I, 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 I'm just wondering if you know in 30 years' time we get a uh, best of Gemma compilation 
on ITV we'll and we get it. to see all of these clips where she does the grossest things and, and Dolly's oh, yeah. there saying oh yes darlings uh, when, uh, they didn't believe I would do it but I said well I so, have darling it's my art I'll do anything they, they cut out the bit where I actually did do a poo <laughs> but I said to the director I'm, I'm not I've got to commit myself completely darling I can't pretend I <laughs> I am a method actor it would have been a poo at Paul's wouldn't it poo at Paul's if you of a certain age, in this, from this country. from this country, poor Pauls should hopefully have just um, awakened rung some nostalgia bells for you there. Um, anyway, write in if you know what poor Pauls needs. Um, so she's anyway, about to do she's a about poo. to do a poo. What, what happens then? When some rugby men come down because they are in the middle of a rugby pitch, they didn't explore very far last night or crash into any rugby goals or whatever they're called. What are they called? What are you scoring a rugby? Um, try. Um, a try bridge. <laughs> I don't know. I played rugby at school for about six years. We weren't allowed to play rugby because we were girls. We had to play rugby for boys. eight months of the year. Autumn wow. term, spring term, it was rugby. You see, the I thing is about it, Michael, it. is that you, you're, your sex, male sex, you created this society, so you can't complain when you're forced to play rugby. I know, but uh, this, the architect this, this did bring me back some horrible memories. It was because I went to school in the town of rugby where rugby was invented yeah and so we had to play rugby every week did you not feel some kind of geographical pride i just felt cold but you're good at running though weren't you yes yes um you you wouldn't know this um from me now but I, I used to be i went through a brief stage in maybe about year nine of being one of the tallest in the class um and yeah, I, but memories. i was always a fast runner i was about was a second best sprinter in the year group wow. and so i went through once i got into year nine people realized that if they threw me the ball and i was on the wing i just shot down there scored a try and I and I was successful at sport for a little bit, and then everybody caught up with me. And my best friend Mark used to was also quite fast, and he would just run and tackle me. And I didn't like getting muddy. No, and also when you're don't, running, don't like getting muddy. When you're running and it's cold, you create wind mm, on yourself yeah. and make yourself colder. So um, I was glad to be able to drop rugby um, when I went into sixth form, but. It didn't 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 make more of a man than me to, to, as much as my PE teacher probably wished that I had. Anyway, Michael, you are as much of a man as you ever need to be. I don't think it would have equipped me with the skills to push a camper van out of a big muddy hole. I do think that there's a certain sort of man who pursues rugby into his adult years and beyond, who might be a bit handier to push a van. Mm. And that's out what they the did. Ditch. That's what they did. Gemma, Gemma's there, like morning lads. With her, with her trousers down. My question is, did she still need a poo this whole time? I don't know what that. I don't because know what happened with so that. Desperate, in the end. How do you poke it back in? <laughs> she actually said like I'm turtling here or something, didn't she? <laughs> Turtly gross. <laughs> it's like fat, fat bastard off. Um, you can't Powers, say that, can you? <laughs> well, his parents are married because if you if they were, then you can technically say it. But if it's um, a slur, then I'm afraid not. This is this is the gross. I'm sorry, everybody. We're, this is what happens when we record a podcast and I we're not mega not tired because it's ten o'clock at night. We're we're anyway, eight six forty five now. We're not supposed to get sidetracked. Claudia is waiting. For Claudia us. is waiting for us in two hours and fifteen minutes as of the time we're recording. Anyway, they get pushed out. They go home and uh, they find Billy's in a hospital bed because he's done his back in doing the what was it the bump or the bop or something. Anyway, yeah, they basically at the pub they got Billy drunk to distract him. From the fact, the fact, the fact that he's got no idea where his husband his is. His husband's going to die, <laughs> and so he just had a herniated disc. Yeah, um, and yeah, you know, that's it. They just Paul tells him what they know, and um, 
he says it was it was a nice kind of positive end to the episode where he says I'm not I'm not ready to go anywhere just quite yet or something like Good. that. So Wednesday's episode, um, Billy comes on over to this the flat. This turns into a Moses story. Um, yes, it does kind of in the end, doesn't it? It's a bit of all sorts. But she, but Billy's on his back on the sofa. Um, Moses is running late again. Bernie goes foraging some nettles in the ginnel for a back remedy. Some lovely ginnel nettles. And um, Todd finds Moses stress-walking up to the flat. Like you said earlier, this storyline, the Moses part of it, is all about telling us that um, people in his line of work are... Very, very, very stressed out and busy. And he's he's like, he he went to the last person and they collapsed on the floor. So we had to wait with them with an ambulance. And Todd's like, look, don't worry. Give us a hug, mate. It's going to be okay. You'll be all right. Bernie, meanwhile, fresh from nettle picking in Ginnell, is there staring on, seeing Todd and Moses having a big old hug. And she's like, (laughs) and then she bloody dobs him in. This was really out of character for her. I, I, was it? I could kind of see her doing it, but now wasn't the time. I think that she would. I think that she likes to stir things, but I, 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 I didn't. It didn't sit right with me when she did it at this point. She just wants. I suppose the fact that she kicked Moses out the other day, didn't she, so that she could do the cleaning. Now she's saying, "Where is Moses?" That's what Maybe, I said. Before, didn't mm. I say that and everyone's always having a go at him or telling him yeah. he's superfluous? So, yeah, she, he ends up getting suspended because he was too busy hugging Todd on the front doorstep to get up to, to help Paul into the toilet. Classic soap misunderstanding. <laughs> um, so she she kind of makes sarky comments about him finally arriving when she goes up there. And this is when Paul tells Bernie about this suspension. And she's like, oops, oh, how did that happen? She clearly admits that it was her says look I saw him and Todd canoodling I don't know who's going to get suspended I just thought he was going to get the frighteners put up him and Billy tells him that Moses is having bit her she's having a, he's having a really tough time at the moment um, and then she tries to fix it but she can't she tries to ring the PA services and and they're like no sorry we've got to, got to investigate his um, street side hugging incidents now um, he can't be unsuspended and so Bill Bernie kind of slopes off home feeling Rather guilty she of herself. Do. Yeah. So, um... Lots of people who... He's, he's come here... He's, a, he's um, immigrated, hasn't he, to mm. this country. He... Uh, is he a asylum seeker? I don't... I, I couldn't work it out. But he's obviously left his own country because of persecution. He was a physiotherapist, I yeah. think. And he can't practice here because he doesn't have the correct the qualifications. qualifications but a lot of times you need to be employed to be able to stay here. And if he's not employed, if he gets fired, he could be in real serious trouble. I didn't even consider that. Like, yeah, is he? Is this going to mean he's going to be deported? I, I don't think so. I said that I'm expecting him to be a temporary character, but I don't gonna, think it's going to be that temporary. He's probably going to be reunite with his brother in Nottingham. <laughs> yeah, Darian style. Mm. I, I hope that Bernie gives him a genuine and heartfelt apology for this because she was absolutely out of order yeah, for reporting was. him. But like I, I said, give, it just didn't, it didn't feel completely, completely in character that she would do that. that I want to give props to Moses for knowing almost every single English idiom and weird turn of phrase and slang, apart from the one that, that Todd said. I can't remember what it was this week where Todd was like, 
I can't remember. He he said some some phrase, and and Moses was like, literally, I've never heard that before in my life. But I know everything else that you. We had say, that a bit, with, and I understand all of your accents. There was a bit of that with Samir in the nineties, wasn't there? Deirdre using these phrases, and he's yeah, uh, every it, so often he go, "What does Deirdre? What does that mean?" Yeah, but Moses <laughs> has a very good grasp of vernacular of the north of England. Yes, he does. Surprisingly, so maybe he likes Corey himself. Maybe he watches it. Maybe yeah. he's yeah, it'd be maybe, weird, wouldn't it? Maybe he's a fan of the Dales. I don't know. Um, so now that Bernie and Gemma know, do you think that this is going to have any effect on whether Paul actually does it? Because I still is, can't decide whether he's going to do it. Maybe this or is going to be a who done it. <laughs> who maybe, helped him? Maybe Paul will just end up dead one day, and everyone's going to be like, "Who did it? Who did it?" Nobody will admit. It was them. No, I don't I think d- so. No. Um, yeah, I don't know where this is going and why everybody knows. I don't know what the purpose of it, apart from to wring as much drama as possible out of each individual character reacting to finding the information out. I kind of, in some way, I'd rather Bernie know now and accept it than yeah. it happen afterwards and then have her go after Billy. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I wouldn't want to see that. her harassing Billy for, you killed my son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she still might do because accepting it Saying you accept it is one thing, but actually having to live it is is something else. Do you think? Do you think we're going? We're heading for a big deathbed scene. I think there will be a big kind deathbed like scene. Alma. I can't. I'd like if I picture it in my head. I'd like everybody to be around the bed, a bit yeah. like with Sinead. I don't need a it to be like just Billy and Paul. I quite end like of Wizard of Oz. Bit like that, yeah. yeah except the except other way in around. reverse, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I. I, I, I still don't know. I still don't think I want it to be that's how it ends, but I, I am that's where it's at going peace now. with the fact that the story is at least exploring it or paying lip service. If, this, if that's where it goes, this kind of like really heart-wrenching, big schmaltzy end where everybody's around hugging each other and crying, watching Paul saying goodbye, I guess that's probably the best way they could end it except for the whole heroic thing that is, I don't think is going to happen now mm. but um, because it, it's it, then it then it's justified as to why they're doing the story again even though it's 10 years ago but Haley didn't have that experience Haley's death was actually quite sordid and not you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. it was dark and it was sad because this he could was be trying, done in a way that looks nice Roy I was guess. trying not tr- trying to stop her and she wouldn't let him and she drank it and it was very um, sad and and desperate, but the thing is that Coronation Street could be open themselves up to some real big criticism here if they make it look if they if they you know inverted commas glamorize mm. Paul's suicide. It could actually that, that is an harmful. actually really good point, and and it's like you can say well it's brave of them if they do it, but you're right they could absolutely be if 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 they do it and make it look like it's a nice way to go it could that's actually possibly... be quite a bad move because yeah. although in a, in an ideal world everyone's happy in in their lives and we're all very well adjusted and we can watch things and we all we all kind of get what the point of them is and yeah. there are still could be people watching it going god i, I don't know how I... it's been necess- but let me finish oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Still, the suicide is actually contagious in in a in a psychological social manner and the fact that they've told us what the method is, is a real big no-no. You're not supposed to talk about methods. Yeah, and yeah, they didn't with Haley. Maybe that's a reason to think well, they that didn't they're not going to do it. They didn't with Aiden either. No. And it's, there's very specific guidelines for how you're supposed to treat suicide. And um, it could 
inspire people who don't have MND but ha- are feeling like they can't continue in their yeah. lives, it could actually be a massively bad move. If they're actually saying benzos will do it. Well, yeah, and this is the this is what to do if you're really sad and everyone yeah. will be happy and say goodbye so to maybe you. Maybe that means that they won't do that. That's what I, I'm thinking. I I I would love to, to live in a world where we could have that scene. And it would be really touching and everyone would, you know, feel their heart, you know, yeah. break a little bit, but also grow a little bit. And that'd be fine. But we don't live in that world. We live in a world where somebody will watch that and decide to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how other soaps have done it. And, and this has been done. I'm sure every Did soap it, has had this. Isn't that what Lola did? Did she? I don't know. So I'm don't... asking you. No, I don't know. I, I know in EastEnders... Dot Cotton helped one of her mates um, uh, self-euthanise. Um, but this is going back well, 10, 15 years maybe. And that was similar to Billy's story in that Dot Cotton was obviously very religious and then it kind of conflicted with her beliefs. But yeah, I think that I think that Hollyoaks has done it. East Emmerdale must have done it. And it'd be interesting to see yeah, how how similar they are because of the very careful line you have to tread when doing this sort of story yeah so there's a lot of things this is this is the thing about you know we talk about the soaps when we criticize some of the decisions that get made but they do have a social responsibility Mm. and this is so this is just such a complicated subject yeah um changing the subject completely before we move on to the next story um billy's (laughs) billy's back is there Maybe he's got back cancer. Because he, he had his back thing in the bath, then he had this back thing. Was this necessary for him to have a back problem in this episode? Or is it is <laughs> is this going to lead anywhere? I saw somebody online saying, well, like, well, maybe he takes Paul's medicine, but oh. that medicine is, isn't is a painkiller, is it? It's Benzo. supposed to be for seizures and... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know whether it works on backs, but... I don't um, know. It, it's, it seems like it's... You know, it happens once on the bath scene, fine, it was just for comedic potential. But the fact that it's happened twice now is making me think, yeah, Billy's back is going to somehow tie into that story a little bit more. Yeah, it is a bit weird, isn't it? I never really thought about it. Maybe they they were just like, look, Joseph's, the bed's cold, Joseph's bed's cold, someone's got to jump in it quick. (laughs) Um, Okay, shall we we move on to (laughs) another fairly tragic story, uh, the Splat the Rat story with old Liam and Mason and Mrs Crawshaw, who were... somewhat blind to the plight of her poor picked-upon students. But, you know, she's a busy woman. She's got toilets got to clean. Pl- plenty of jobs empty. to do She's got to get school, the sausages and mash the out. member of staff. Yeah, yeah. She's got to mark everyone's work. <laughs> she's got to do science experiments. Poor Daniel. I mean, not poor Daniel. Bloody Daniel. <laughs> it's the opposite. She's Since got to he left. order all the textbooks. They could... They Maybe they do, I don't know. What? They just... Employ some actors to be a teacher that's walking past. But maybe they do, I know we just don't see it, but seriously... There doesn't seem to be any other adults. It's silly. And it's the same with Swain, and I think I've said this before. We're getting into a a position where Swain is the only detective at that station. And the one thing that I really liked about um, Weatherfield CID is they had a bit of a rotation of officers, but now it seems to be all Swain all the time. I like Swain, give the others a chance. But Crawshaw at the school there, she's not even the head teacher. Deputy. But she's doing it all. She gets the big bucks. 
it's getting to be a bit of a joke. She's a woman who can do it all, Michael. <laughs> Are you trying to have a go at her? Look, right. you've seen her hair. I, I have. She's got the haircut of a serious woman. Right, um, go on. What, what's been going on with old Liam and Mason and Dylan? Well, on Monday, it's the Windass Connors. Um, they're, just get, they're just getting ready in the morning. They're getting they? ready, yeah. and um, we're reminded that there's going to be a beating yes. scheduled. Outside the science block, after school, or lunchtime maybe, be there. Be I there forgot. for a beating. Liam's getting bullied. Yeah. And Jake says... Jake says... You can't Mason, beat him up. Mason, who doesn't even go to my school because I'm still at the primary school and he's a, he's a doing his GCSEs, but forget about that. He's, he's, he's let me know that um, you need to meet him by the science block and he's going to rough you up. Rough. Sean nearly catches Dylan being shady on the phone and he and George know something is going on with him because mm. he is Mason's lackey. Mm-hmm. And then at the lockers, Mason intimidates Liam. And then Mrs. Crawshaw's like, you're a dog. And everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. I, I, don't I know. can't remember what it was. No, but she's, she's like, sick burn. And everyone's like, whoa. Yeah. Right. Everyone's kind of laughing at, 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 Mason, at Mason, basically. Yeah, she says, like you, have, you have, your eyelashes are too flamboyant. <laughs> like that. And everyone's like, oh, can't believe it. Gary tries to speak to... Um, about Liam's, Liam's bullying and Sean doesn't want to hear it. Yes. There's a bit of a, a drama between the parents there. I hate it when parents have drama on on soaps. It's just so annoying, isn't it? It's just so annoying. Because you can never really... Like, and it, when you're a parent, you, you're always going to take your kid's side. So it's just they're arguing about nothing because they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. Sean, in this week's episode, has been... Um, Definitely winding some viewers up. I've not minded too much, but he is being exceedingly blind in this. Yeah, but this is because he knows he must know what Dylan is like. Sorry, Liam is like. But but I am kind of he 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 knows that Liam isn't the sort to do this. He must do. Well, I'm getting confused. But but I'm thinking that he he's being so defensive of his Dylan. And that does make sense in a way. He explains it off later on in the week by saying, "Well, I was bullied when I was little, and you know what? I I sat back and I took it. Well, I'm not I'm not having that for my son. Yep. That kind of makes sense yep. to me. As does the fact that Sean hasn't been um, raising. He's he's not been present for Dylan's life, and he's you know for for whatever reason for dead Violet has now been looking after him for all the for what two three years now. Um, and and he's there's, he feels like he's got to Hang do on. the right thing because he's he's been absent for the first 14, 13 years of his life. Let's just remind ourselves of the reason why Dylan is in Weatherfield and not London with Violet. He was being bullied, wasn't he? He was being bullied. Yeah. Has there been any introspection or discussion or realisation from Dylan about the fact that he's, you know, now become the bully? I, no, but I think... It'd be nice if there was. It'd be, yeah, I think... And I'm going to say... There could be still. It's really not unusual for this to happen. Yeah, no, exactly, for the, the bullied to become the bully. There's no such bully. thing as a bu- person who's a, bu- who's a bully, you know? Bullies are made from circumstances. Yeah, and in this case, Dylan just doesn't want to be a victim again. Yeah, exactly. So he thought, found himself compelled to join Mason, and you can tell that he's not really enjoying it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think that when Sean finds out, because obviously he will eventually, he's going to probably bring that up. I hope so. so. Um, It'd be silly to waste that character background, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. So um, Dylan Dylan sees Dylan sees Liam later and says, "You're going to get hurt. You need to bail out of this. Don't don't meet up with Mason." And he's like, "No way." 
and um, Dylan then tries to get Mason to stop fighting him by calling him a loser, saying, Liam's a loser, why are you wasting your time with him? But Liam arrives just out to hear Dylan call him a loser and gets really upset. And then Mason Mason rolls them both up to fight each other. And then along comes Mrs. Crawshaw, right as there's a bit of a swing and a punch. Yeah, but it wasn't much, was it? It was a bit of a... Liam kind of swipes at Dylan, but ends up kind of half missing him and, and hugging him a little bit. And then they... Doesn't he push him up against the wall? I mean, I'm not saying... You know, uh, Gary's line throughout all of this this week is, you know, it's just a little bit of rough and tumble, it's nothing. Rufty tufty. And and I do not think badly of Gary for thinking that because he's our age, isn't he? He was brought up in an era where that's what you would say. And I think we've moved on a little bit from that now. and And the zero tolerance approach is probably the best thing to do. But... I, don't, I also I don't agree with that. Well, I, it clearly was something, and to tell a child, oh, it was nothing. It was, it was just you know, he was just pushing you up again. Deal with it, man. It's up. Got it to was be just a middle nothing. ground. Yeah, yeah. But but as a viewer, I was thinking, oh, I was hoping, I, I was hoping to see a little bit more. That's not going to get an Ecky Thump nomination. And and you know they've, they've well, got some good fight. They've got some good fight coordinators at Corey, and and this was well, a little bit of. Barely anything. Well, well, well. Mrs. Crowshaw breaks it up. They get a telling off. And then she says, everybody, tell me what happened. I want everybody's in front of each other to tell me together. Come up with your story Mason, right now. you're the most trustworthy of my students. Let's have your version of events. It's not like earlier I, was, I wasn't telling you you were a dog. <laughs> Mason says, Liam punched Dylan for no reason. And she says, is this true? And they're like, yes, it is true. And she's like, well, that's it then. And everyone in my office now. I'm too busy for this. I don't have time. <laughs> I've got to do... I've got to put on a pantomime. <laughs> and it's just January. It makes no sense. No, but we had a pantomime at our school today. Did you? Yeah, every January we have a travelling pantomime. That's probably cheaper in January. Yeah, I'd imagine. But third fall with your... They did Cinderella. Did they? That's lovely. I, I didn't stay in the hall to watch oh, it. Oh, that's a shame. Well, that's a perky I job. I hear it went down well. Right, so... She orders the boys off to her office. And then Sean... Uh, in the street, sees Maria and Gary. They start a slanging match because um, Liam's been suspended and Sean's mad because he Liam was attacking his son Dylan. I don't know. What? Yeah, you're right. He's a bit blind about this. I, I would be suspicious. If, if my child had been beaten up by Liam, I'd be suspicious of the story. Just... <laughs> I'd say, what really happened? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, inside... I, I, I would also say that Maybe maybe things are different up in Manchester in Weatherfield, but yet again, a child has been suspended from school for something that I would say is probably not a suspendable offence. Yes, if it if it's bullying, absolutely. But I don't know. I don't know if well, a child is, is just pushing is just pushing somebody. There's, there's going to be consequences. But this is the thing. But though, I don't think they'd be suspended for that. There's a difference between fights and bullying, isn't there? And and sometimes parents can't don't know the full story or what's going on and they think somebody's being bullied but they're not. Oh yeah, yeah, but absolutely. And absolutely. vice versa. But, so but I I'm just gonna say that Mrs. Crawshaw in suspending Liam I don't oh. Maybe she's like, get rid of the kids. Everyone gets suspended. Everyone's suspended. Everyone go home. <laughs> yeah. Gives me gives me fewer to think about. Inside Liam, And how long is he being suspended for? Uh, indefinitely. <laughs> the full pay. <laughs> Maria doesn't get why Liam is going to p- punch in Dylan. And Gary's like, I think I know. 
I told him to, but then I said it was a bad idea. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. That Gary's that like, happened. I said, I said, you know, back in my day, I'd just give him a good hide in, and, but you shouldn't do that. And um, <laughs> she's like, he's you dumb idiot. Why would you tell Liam? He was, he was stupid. It's you think it, Gary. I don't know. I don't know. This is too hard being a parent. I say, just drown him at Just birth. don't do it. Over at number 11, Sean is telling Dylan we, we to had, stay well, away. We did have to drag Abby away from an almost cat fight the other day, didn't we? We got a lovely ginger cat that yeah. comes to visit our back garden. Like, Leave it, and, leave it. Um, it's not worth it. He just wants to, he just wants to be friends with Abby. Abby's not happy. Well, so. we don't know what his intentions are on our daughter, so we have to keep them separate. <laughs> He's like the nicest well, cat. Right. He's like so affectionate and lovely and I wish that he and Abby could be friends. <laughs> right. Anyway. Over at number 11, Sean says, leave leave that nasty bully alone. Don't talk to him anymore. And Joel's like, this doesn't make any sense. Why did Liam go, even go for him? I don't I don't get it. It wasn't... And Dylan it, says, George has had a scene alone. with Liam, hasn't he? They had, the he's, he, he, he talks to everybody about being bullied. Yeah. And Sean's not giving up. Later on, Craig comes to the flat. He's like, I'm investigating a very serious offence. Again, here. becoming the only who's, uniformed officer in Weatherfield. So who's done this then? Who's done this? He goes to say, Liam needs to come down the station tomorrow because there's an allegation of assault made against him. So it must have been Sean who's I think reported. It was. What, what kind of a, a person... He, like the I said, he's, is, it's, it's, I guess, it's kind of understandable. If, if it... I can totally see a situation where you think school's not doing enough about this. My kid's been seriously assaulted. I'm going to the police because there's really no reason why the the school should be expected to handle some things and not others. But this was just a little bit of a shove. It really was. It's really difficult to know what you would do. I'd probably be phoning Rishi Sunak <laughs> saying we need to get this the whole family in prison. One might think that um, round the side of the science block would be prime spot for CCTV and Weatherfield High. But yeah, but it's Mrs. Cornshaw's responsible for changing the tapes and she hasn't had time. <laughs> so there's no evidence. Right, so on Tuesday, Maria and Liam head off to the police station. Um, Maria's digging at Gary again for telling Liam to be violent. <laughs> Gary and Sean have a confrontation in the street and, and he's like, I'm not going to let Dylan suffer from bullies anymore. At the station, Maria and Liam hear Dylan's a bit over-embellished statement. What's Dylan think he's playing at? He's been just fed this by Mason, hasn't he? I'm sure Mason said, look, this is what you need to say, because he's an expert about getting himself out of out of any kind of yeah, trouble and playing it on other people. But Dylan's not in trouble, though, is he? He's getting Liam in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Liam's like, yeah, that's what happened. And Maria's like, no, it isn't. What are you talking Ma- about? Mason just wants happened. to make things bad for... Yeah, but Dil- Dylan's... Oh, rat boy. Yeah, Dylan's... And Dylan's going along with it. He's doing anything I'd that... Say, that tisk. Uh, Mason says. The officer says, we're going to do, do restorative justice. And you know, you need to, like Michael Rodwell. If, you, if you've watched Coronation Street, you'll know exactly what I mean. Liam needs to apologise to, to Dylan. God, imagine being a police officer and being like, okay, you've pushed this kid. He didn't like it. Now can you say sorry? Like, no, get out of it. Get out of the office. Like seriously, there's there's murders. This is Weatherfield. There's murder, literally. There's murders one, and, one a and year. drug dealers. Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere Crimes I look. About we've only got one CID officer and one uniform officer yeah. in the whole station. Do we really need to deal with this? Couldn't Mrs. Crawshaw get Liam to make a serious apology to Dylan? What what does this involve? Is it got to be written one? Am I gonna as am I police officer random face gonna have to mark it for grammar to make sure it's properly serious? Yeah. 
It could better not be done through chat GPT. I'll <laughs> run it through one of those things just to make sure. Yeah, see, Mrs. Crawshaw probably should have just dealt with this herself because there's probably a bit more I mean. paperwork having the police involved. Exactly. They haven't got time for this. The apology happens the next day. Mrs. Crawshaw, the police officer's like, oh, the case closed. <laughs> another another crime solved by weather. That's probably why they took it on. Yeah, this is an easy win. We can say we solved this crime. Yeah. <laughs> a kid pushed another kid and we made them apologise. Okay. Excellent work. Put it up on the chalkboard. Number of crimes solved today. One. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Get in. Days since crime not solved. Right, rub out 100. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so... And um, Craig's like, oh, who's involved in this, partly? How come I couldn't have done the apology? <laughs> right, so Liam, all is that, and Miss Crawshaw says, well, even though you think the matter's closed, Mr. Policeman, it's actually still school business and Liam's suspended still. Why does there have to be two layers of, of people getting in trouble? Gary, Gary says, yeah. this is ridiculous. This is just playground argy-bargy. Back in my day, we used to get sent to war. I literally went to war, so... <laughs> This is, I think this is stupid. And they're all bickering. I, I, this is... I, I think this is over the top. Liam apologises to Dylan. Again. Twice. And... Um, all the, all the all grown-ups are just arguing over themselves, yeah. aren't they? And, Dylan's and, like... And amongst the hullabaloo, we'll Liam's wait, like, oh, I'm we'll sorry, though. You. We'll wait for you at school. So Dylan's threatening him, right? Yeah. <sighs> You're not saying, don't worry, we'll all be here waiting for you when well, you come back. Uh, we can have I lunch wasn't together. sure which you've written. Liam apologises to Dylan, but he tells him as soon as he's back in school, they'll be waiting for him. So Yeah, they're, 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 he's saying, yeah, you better not Watch come back. Watch your back. Mm. Wednesday, Maria's still a bit worried about Liam and why he wouldn't say what really happened. But then, get get then, the whole story changes. <laughs> no, it's completely different. It's just like the start of Pinocchio or something. Liam finds a puppet in Gary's shop and he's going to do it up and then he's if it gets sold he's going to take half the money if that doesn't prove that he's not a bully then I don't know what does this kid who is found, finds an old wooden toy in an antique shop and go oh my gosh it's like the beginning of a Disney what a treasure trove this is oh he's so I don't, I don't think people who like puppets are bullies maybe well, that's a, a broad generalisation here but. If I, I'm going to tell Dylan and make sure that Liam gets bullied about this properly because if they've got this ammunition to use... It really them, is ammunition, This is what it? you bully people about, playing with puppets. Yeah. At the age of whatever, however <laughs> old he is. I don't know, I was 15, 16 or so. I don't approve of bullying, but there is a lot of things going around that I feel you could be bullied mm. for that aren't being properly used yeah. as ammunition. These bullies are just amateurs. This is another story that I wish was resonating with me a bit more. And I, I kind of should, but I've, I, I really, I do like it when, if there's a time when I don't really enjoy a story, but if I see other people are enjoying it, I do kind of think good for them, but they feel a little bit jealous. And this is one of those, I, I'm, I'm not particularly feeling it. Do you need to have it. a child of school age or to be a child of school Maybe age? Maybe you do. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people saying, you know, I was bullied at school. This is bringing back memories for me. And I was, we, we've said that we were bullied at school before, but maybe I wasn't bullied in quite the same way, to the same extent. I don't not... think I, I wasn't pushed and shoved around yeah, but... I, and we didn't have social media yes, and phones and, and all that. I think, well, go on. No. I, I, th- I think possibly had we had that back in the day, I probably would have been on the receiving end of some unpleasant messages. Yeah, I would have trolled you. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of ready for this story to be over now. Um, 
This you, does feel like the sort of thing that would really connect with you if you've been through this or you've got a kid. Um, especially yeah. the social media aspect of it is horrendous. It sounds like the most oppressively evil thing that could happen. It would ruin your whole school life, wouldn't it? If this, if you've been I, picked on and I feel sending messages, so so can't terrible. do anything. Can never I, hide. I do feel bad for just children that this exists and phones exist and they have got to navigate through what eight nine years of school. How do you do it? I don't know. It's horrible. Absolutely, desperately yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it just is, is kind of a missing. And again, you know, I've said this before, you can't care about everything and everyone all the time. It's okay to not, it's okay to mm. not. Mm. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I just like, I just like Miss Crawshaw just running around going, I just, I like, I like seeing her, but yeah, uh, I, you, you mentioned earlier, cause I just noticed a note that I've written here that Moses didn't understand particular expressions, but there was a point in one, in one of the episodes in part as part of the story this week where Craig didn't understand the expression square eyes. Come on, come on. You would get that Craig. Does you it do not know get what used that anymore? is. It does. That's the thing. It absolutely does. It's like... I know that TVs aren't square anymore. Rectangular eyes. It's silly. I think that was a badly written line. Uh, apologies, but the rest was great. Um, bailiffs at the Bailey's. The rest Baileys. was great, but I didn't care. Yeah. Is what you, what you mean. I'd, I wish I cared about it. Um, I can't care about everything. I just can't. No. And, 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 and I feel, it does just make me feel a little bit bad about myself that whenever Gary says something, I'm, I'm kind of nodding yeah, along yeah, a little like, bit. The thing is, right... There's, there's so only so much empathy you can feel. This is, this isn't that. None of these people are real. My empathy is all with Paul. This is what I'm getting at. The, uh, Coronation Street again. As, as much, it's the same as the issue stuff. I can only care about one issue at a time. There's only so much empathy I can give out. And if, if I don't see, my, you know, I try really hard. I feel like a bad person when I don't particularly care about something. But equally, I'm watching this for fun. Mm. I'm not watching this to get to, to empathise with with teenage bullies and or, um, victims of bullies. I'm I'm just watching it to get something interesting out of it. And I am all empathied out when it when it comes to the show because of Paul. And I you know I feel maybe a bit more sad for for Michael and Ed and. I think I just, yeah, Ed and Ed's story is kind of halfway for me. There's there are scenes where I'm like, oh god, poor Ed, that's really yeah. rough for him. And other ones where I'm thinking, okay, okay. You're overdoing it now. Just, just stop spending there's, money in the casino. Doesn't you feel like there's a fault. there's a balance. There's not enough balance here. It's every, oh, everyone's having the worst day mm. of their lives every day, and aren't you aren't you sad for them? Well, Dee Dee's having a good time at the beginning of this story. Ed's saying, "Oh, you and Joel, you're so great together." Um, okay, that's a, a bit of a bit of an insult, I think. Maybe with Dee Dee, I'd say, "Listen, Dad." I'm only with him because it's good for my career. <laughs> um, anyway, she, she, he sees, he gets some posts, doesn't he? And he's looking a bit worried about it. He pockets it, but Dee's seen it and confronts him. And, oh, yes, he's in a lot of debt. He's getting all the, the, the demands saying, we need your money back. We're going to repossess this and that. And she says, look, you need to sort this. Chase the yard sale. Gary's saying he's going to buy it. Get that money off of him. Why don't you go down to Gary's yard, get that goddamn puppet off of, what's his face, and and... You do it up yourself. Yeah. <laughs> do the puppets up and then you get half of the profits, Dad. What are you doing? You're um, you're handy. You're a handy man. You're a builder. You can build a puppet. It was it was very much kind of setting up y stuff on Monday, wasn't it? Because Gary saying, Yes, I will buy the yard, there was a scene where 
Ed comes in with some mushroom stroganoff because he's forgotten that Dee Dee said that she was going to cook for him and Joel. But really, the drama is starting on Tuesday, um, which is when the bailiffs turn up. Yeah, because this this Monday was just like establishing that that remember this story. Ed's a Gisbury. He's he's staying with his daughter. The, the house is full of people. There's four adults living there. Joel keeps staying over. That gets a bit awkward when he sees he's been shagging his daughter all night. Yeah. Adam's living there for no reason because he's on a lawyer's wage and he could probably bugger off and find his own flat. <laughs> but he's still trying to... He's moaning at Dee Dee about the fact that Ed's sleeping on his contract. Like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Adam, do work at your office. Don't bring it to the house. No, I know, it's stupid, isn't it? Well, there's two lawyers living there with another lawyer coming and bunking in and a builder staying on the bed. Mm. On the on the sofa, and that's yeah, and that's all because Michael is being lording it up over it. So yeah, number three, you can't stay at your own family at home anymore. Starfishing in the bed, in the master bed, going, I've yeah. got all the room. I can go in whatever room I want. It used to be Ed, Aggie, Michael, and James, and yeah, Glory, and Glory, and, and now, now it's just Michael, Michael and Glory. He's got rid of Sarge. Yeah. Um, anyway, they make up by the end of the week. Anyway, Don't worry so about the it. bailiffs turn up. And they're like, wait, we five done five thousand eight hundred pounds we're owed, please. We can we're within our rights to start seizing assets. And um, he's so Ed's like, look, I, I, we don't need to do this. You can have all the all my bits in the yard. I was a bit confused about what went on here. I thought that they'd maybe. He sold, sold them the yard. I thought that happened too. Like, oh, five thousand eight hundred pounds. No, that's a bargain. Rather than selling them useless crap that. You know, it looks very pretty and and nice, but it's, they don't have to know, have that fancy sofa. They in don't need three. a piano. They don't need three identical pictures of hummingbirds. No, they don't need a rabbit lamp. He's they selling need, his livelihood. They don't need curtains that look like tripe. They could get rid of all of those, but no. What's he do? He sells his tools, which are the only means of him getting literally the tools off his trade. Exactly. <laughs> but it's all right because Damon comes over to him later and says, "Like I'm, I'm feeling bad watching this. This week I was like." Oh, Damon's all right, actually. No, hang on. You, you remember how much you hated Paul when he was a do-gooder? Yeah. This is what Damon's doing. Hello, I'm a nice man, really. I'm I really, a nice really man. am, promise. You know what? Um, I, I, This is only the end if you let it be. Uh, you know, Ed, you're still a builder. You've got the experience. Yeah. Whatever. Because he, he wants him to get involved in this potentially dodgy scheme. I don't know. Well, he's um, not. can't do very much building without a hammer, can he? That's the main thing you need. Just nut it. Doof. <laughs> um, so Wednesday, this is where it all goes goes to to pot. You want to know the the most annoying thing? It's also probably some of that five thousand eight hundred quid or whatever. It's part of that the bloody Wendy house that he's already sold. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so Ed starts the day <laughs> feeling pretty day. chipper and chirping. You turned to me and said, "What's going to go wrong for Ed today?" Ed starts the day like it's Christmas, but at the end it became Halloween. Yeah. Um, so the, he, he's like, yeah, I'm going to sell the flat today. Everything's going to be fine. I'm, I'm going to be able to pay them friend. off. It's going to be great. Get um, out your hair. So uh, he tries to talk with Michael. We just get an establishing scene to remind us that they're not getting on at the moment, or rather Michael is not wanting to get on with Ed. Um, but then, yeah, it all starts to go a bit pear-shaped for Ed when he meets Gary at the Bistro, who reveals... The champagne. Sorry, I can't buy the yard. He's, and Ed's like, I'm counting on this. And Gary says, the, the stuff's going on with my family. My son's getting bullied. My son's getting can't bullied buy a yard. and it's kind of my fault. Yeah, just and thinking about my family, maybe you should do the same. What, this bonkers, honestly, what a bonkers thing. That Yeah, that's that's harsh from Gary. Well, it's that's also, a, it's also like, so, sorry, you can't do... That's not cricket. You're not doing anything else, are you? Your son's 
I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, it, will, it could sell it somewhere else. As long as it doesn't catch on fire or anything, I'm sure it'll be find fine. another buyer. Uh, next scene, more bad news in the flat. Is mate, whose sofa he was planning to kip on now to get out of my um, Dee's hair, has said, sorry, you can't live with me anymore. My knees have gone up. No, something. hang on, hang on. I think his niece is moving in. Oh, did, was it? I think it's his knees. Oh, I misunderstood. Not his knees. I thought they were saying there's going wrong with his knees. Who's <laughs> his knees? Was it? I think we need to rewatch that now. <laughs> like, you can't difficult? come and live with me. I've got dodgy knees. <laughs> I, I, I can't, can't wait. Can't wait for you to meet my new niece. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what's happened to your knee? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. He that does make stay. sense now. <laughs> I just love that. Brilliant. It's like I don't know what your knees has got to do to with me staying in your in your garden flat, but fine. I could I could be your knees. I could do anything. I can, I can pick stuff up for you. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So um, Ronnie goes. <laughs> I'm glad that my my deafness has tickled you. So maybe I'm wrong. No, you're probably right. I don't know. I really, I just want to Who stop knows? the podcast now. We need, now, to, we need we somebody to fill us in. Because we have now got one hour and 40 minutes until the Traitors is on. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think somebody's somebody else's secret niece on that show? Anyway, um, Ronnie right. tries to convince Michael to forget Ed. No, he says, there's going to have to be some kind of major drama that happens to me to forgive my dad. It's probably what he's kind of implying there. Yeah. And this is what happens. So Not Ed is camping out in the fire. yard. Um, very tragic scenes. What? Yeah, Sad because... that he didn't have the Wendy house to help him get a bit of shelter. Again, he's done this classic thing of, oh, what I said I was going to move out. And Dee Dee wouldn't really mind if I stayed there, but I'm so sad. I'm going to go and lay in the field. This was a, this was a total Sean move from Ed, wasn't I'm it? I'm homeless now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's, he's wrapped himself up warm there. Um, well, he knows he's put on a big he's put on heater. a big coat. Oh, yeah, he's got his heater on, hasn't he? And, um, yeah, but then he goes off to, to get some chips. No, we don't know that. We don't know him. Ooh, Michael is Ed still there? Is Ed still there? Because the next thing we know, Michael's walking past and he sees there's a fire in the yard. Oh, no. Oh, no. Races upstairs know? to save the day. Why does he know that Ed would be in there? He doesn't. He saw Why that does his... he assume that he's in there? I don't think he did. Well, Why I don't would know you run into did. a burning building just on the off chance? Because you're a hero. He's learnt lessons from Abby. Abby would have done it if she'd have been there. He she'd have been right up those stairs like brigade. a fair upper drain pipe. Well, I think that he But he now he's learnt his lesson. I think that he knew that, that Ed was in there, but we don't know why he knew that. Did he? I don't know. I don't know whether because I know why, why would he you knew. run in then to thinking your dad was in there? For drama, Gemma. For drama. He's like, I want to be in I want to be a cliffhanger, I want to be... I want to go to the hospital set. Yeah. I, um, so, he, yeah, he goes up there and the fire kind of collapses behind him and he's like oh, oh no. crud um, so then he's banging on the window going it's like, help help it's like help. Bambi this is good we like that that builder's yard office is ripe for drama and stunt potential it's kind of compared to the other buildings on the street that has managed to come off massively unscathed over the years hasn't it like Rovers has had fires over yeah. the years cabins had a tram crash into it shops been blown up Street, maybe streetcars has been done all right. I don't know. Maybe that's next. But yeah, considering it's made of street, wood, that, that that builder's yard. Well, somebody's been murdered there. Yeah, Tina. Tina did meet her maker outside there, but I, Michael I don't got pushed count down that. the stairs. Pat got taken hostage and in there, kidnapped and held. Oh yeah. Yeah, so there's in, been a the, few things, but fire's long overdue. Yes, I thought I, I thought it was good. I was, I was um, 
Yeah, I thought, and I thought that the scenes were done well. It was really, I thought they were well proper directed. Fire, it was fire. proper fire. It wasn't just a tissue in front of a camera. Honestly, do you remember? Do you remember, listeners? I know Gemma listen, remembers this. I do. The the speed dial fire was it last year? Was it the year before when it was literally just somebody holding some flames up to the camera as Stu goes, "Oh, oh no, it's on no. fire!" Man, uh, this was <laughs> this was good. I didn't. I didn't get the same level no as peril. there was there was there was peril. He was banging on the doors. He was trapped in no, there. No, we knew he wasn't going to die. I said, imagine how cool it would be if Michael died. I don't. I yeah. don't want Michael to die. I love the character. I know he's not super popular. I really like the actor. I really like the character. I think he's good. There's a lot of potential there, and I enjoy watching him. I think he's a nice person. But it's just like imagine if just out of nowhere they just killed Michael off in a fire. They wouldn't do it though, would they? So so I wasn't worried. This is why. This is why I kind of wish that Corey was a bit more like Games of Thrones in that respect. Because with Game of Thrones, and I know that their shtick was people are no going to be dying safe. all the time. But you, you tune into an episode of that and literally anybody could die. So any peril anyone gets in, you are seriously thinking, hang on a minute, are they about to k- yeah, kill exactly. off this character? Yep. But with Coronation Street, characters seem to get in just as much peril. Okay, yep. so maybe it's not exactly the same level of, you know, people... With an army stampeding down towards yeah. you, or you're going to get thrown off the barracks or of a, a castle, or eat dragons going to exactly. But there's so much peril that Cory characters get into, and you're like, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Because so of the cast so rarely, well. yeah, exactly. So so rarely does somebody actually get killed off or leave unexpectedly. And we try to avoid spoilers. We find it very difficult to, especially when it comes with that. But, um, but you shouldn't be so... It shouldn't be... Yeah, you shouldn't have a character who's... I'm going to say, I love him, but he's not a major character in mortal danger on a Friday episode. You shouldn't have your audience being like, how's he going to... Well, he's obviously not going to die, so mm. what's going to happen? And you shouldn't other... be thinking, oh, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like, well... It's not super so weak, or it's not Britain's Got Talent week. Yeah. If it was, maybe, maybe they could be surprising. They could be saving a, a surprise death, and that's the pro- one of the problems with there being these key points in the year yep. when anything could happen, or who's going to die. Other times in the year, you're thinking, "Oh no, it's all right. It's just a, it's just a Friday in January. Drama. He's going to be okay." Yeah, I wish they could do. I wish they could do something to to stop that because, like I said, it was it was well filmed. It was nicely directed. The fire was very realistic looking. It looked kind of perilous, but I was just there thinking, "It's going to be fine, isn't it?" Yeah. Well, he's he's in the he's trying to get out of the. Um, the office, but he can't break the glass because it's reinforced. That you can't go down the stairs because yeah. they're on fire. Ed comes and I back. did wonder when I was watching it, like, why is everything on fire? Why is everything on fire all at once? But we find out why in a minute. Um, yes, Ed comes back and he and and Damon's there saying, oh, "There's a fire." And, and 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 unfortunately, you can't get up through the normal steps. Don't worry. A new pair of steps has miraculously appeared really by the side me. of the yard that you can climb up. And that like, really, thank God for that. That really, really annoyed me. Why <laughs> build a, an extension on a set that didn't exist I don't, for the purpose of... It didn't bother me as much. And that's the sort of thing that would normally really, really wind me up, that there are usually no stairs there. And now for the purpose of this, there are stairs. That should they did. really irk me. But I think it's because it's the builder's yard set and it's one that we, we never really see much of anyway. I don't know where everything is. And I think it's quite easy to make people think that those steps have been there all along. But you didn't... You. I was mad about it because I said it was p- pointless. Uh, I You know, and I, I thought maybe... 
I don't know, maybe the actor who plays Ed couldn't go up a ladder or something, so they had to have him rescue him with stairs, but um, I just don't believe there was no way of doing it except for to build an extension. You were, you were saying to me yesterday that it's you know akin to... Well, it's a bit of a deus ex machina kind of thing, isn't it? Of we can't think of a way that they could get out of this, so let's just make one up. And I and I That's totally really get that, but they couldn't for some reason in this instance it didn't bother me. There was nothing about the situation that required them to build stairs. They could have thought of a different way of doing this. Mm. It just really wound me up. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure they did try hard well, to think of They desecrated Seb's garden. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Ed, Ed goes in there, he rescues Michael in his smoke and his coffin and <laughs> bring him down on the... Michael's like... Ed's like, my chips are on the floor now. I hope you appreciate this. He, he does do a chip chuck, doesn't he? A Pat feeling. No, he drops one. it. He doesn't chuck it. He should have chucked it. More dramatic. <laughs> um, anyway, Michael's like having a massive panic attack on the floor when he gets down there, isn't he? Yeah, he's that's like, what oh, it looked like to me. Looked like he, he was... I'm not saying he's overreacting because I've never been I'd on be a fire. I'd be a bit worried if I'd nearly but, caught on fire. I don't know. I don't know. Um... Dee Dee and Joel are there later and Dee Dee's like, I can't believe you were going to sleep there, Dad. Um, Ed, thank goodness, is chuffed that Michael wants him to go to the hospital. They have now made up and it's only taken a near-death experience for them to, for Michael to realise, actually, I love you, Dad, after all. So, nice. Meanwhile, though... Well, they both rescued each other, didn't they? Because Michael went in the, to rescue his dad and then he ended up getting rescued yeah. by his dad. Yeah. So, they never mention it again. No. I think his gambling is cured now. Um... Well, no, maybe I would be like, oh, I dice with death and I won. I'm lucky. I'm really lucky today. I'm going to go down the... <laughs> yeah, duckies. one lucky day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that now that the, fire, the, the the builder's yard has, I guess, been totaled, um, he's got nothing to sell anymore. But does he get insurance money? Well, well this on. is what it comes into, isn't it? Because the fire officer is there telling Craig, again, only officer in Weatherfield, that the whole place reeks of white spirits. This was clearly an insurance job. Arson. Yeah, Arson exactly. Arson around that Ed Bailey, and the that's why everything was on fire. Mm. So Craig goes to the hospital later um, to see how they're to, doing. to see how they're doing, and and they hear about. Well, well he's he... like, "How do you guys know why the, everything was suddenly on fire?" From oh yeah, from yeah that's right. Yeah, and Ed's like, "Well, I did put it's an my, industrial my, heater, an, an electric on, heater, and then I walked off and left it." <laughs> then we got that. So either way, really, it's his fault. Yeah, basically, but did did he do it on purpose? But Craig shares this suspicion with D.S. Wayne and this was funny scene, wasn't it? Great. <laughs> she just She's like, can't be bothered. Leave me alone. She's like, it's Friday night. I know it's Wednesday, really, but it's supposed to be Friday. I don't need you to share this with me, And he Craig. was all, like, shy. And he's like, oh, um, uh, I, uh, I don't know if I should say this, uh, but, uh, you know, Spit I live... Spit it out, you imbecile. I, I live I live up the same road as, as the Baileys and uh, I know that Ed's got real bad... Uh, gambling debts and she's like oh so do you think it was an insurance job he's like oh oh maybe it's like you grass he's a total grass he's a grass bernie's a grass yep liam's not a grass it was jake wasn't it i can't can't remember how that started i don't think no yeah liam did no everybody should bully craig yeah i I think think they should bully, bully craig i think that is very bad form craig you're only doing your job i know um but but seriously, well, look what to Emma. you're useless at all other crime solvings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he 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 kept the secret about Emma, didn't he? What he didn't about her. Who's he? Who Craig. He didn't dob her in for running over old Ted. Gosh, I wasn't even talking about that. Oh, Emma. weren't you? I was talking about Emma, the police officer. 
Oh, yes. He got into trouble with her own, like, oh, what should I say about this? Mm. No, I was don't, saying... med- don't get involved. And also, Kirsty, too. She was a police officer. Yes. She got involved in her neighbour's affairs and mm. it all went downhill. And this is why. Don't be a police Don't be a police officer in the place that you live. No, don't That's why it doesn't happen crimes. in real life. Um, but anyway. That, that's, do, Ed at the end of the episode is kind of hopeful for the future. It's like, and he's nothing like, I think can go it, wrong nothing now. Nothing can go wrong now. Is, is this when he's on the phone to Aggie? I can't remember. Or is that... He does tell Aggie about what happened. Yeah, I can't remember whether this was here or some other time. But anyway, Ed's like, nothing can go wrong. Little does he know that he's about to get another knock on the door next week. Uh, being assured of insur- of, uh, accused of insurance fraud. So there we go. Um, hmm. I think we've kind of said everything we had to say about this. It was, it was all right. It was, I I uh, like the fire, um, yeah, good, fairly good stuff. Not as good as the Paul story, but I yeah, I, I didn't I, I didn't this. hate this. I did like this. It's nice to have a fire. Um, shame about the low stakes. Shame that we had yet another hospital scene. We had Liam in the hospital on Monday. We had it was it last week in the hospital. Um, it's gone out. Of my, oh, Ardy with the CO2. Why do they everyone in hospital all now the time? We got, now we got Michael it. in the hospital. Get rid of the hospital set. Get rid I, of the prison set. I think that they get need to the be really set. brave. They need to be really brave and get rid of those sets. Put yeah. something else in. Yeah, think of something else. Please, and then just please. restrict yourself. Say, if we get rid of this hospital set, that means we can't do this sort of story. And yeah. this is the sort of story that people anymore. are saying they're sick of. We don't care. I just don't. I can't. That's my first move care. as producer. Get rid of that set. Get rid of the prison set. Get rid of the court set. Yeah. You went years on Coronation Street without any of that stuff. That that's the thing. They did. They went. They went forty years or more without having to have constant visits to these places. It's and like, if they did want to go, then they go to a real one, and it looked so much more realistic. Well, the thing is um, that you wouldn't get this. The, the amount of hospital they go, it's like it's it's. They it might as well be following the residents of a care home. Yeah, I know. That it's... would that would make sense if they were always in hospital. But no, these are all totally healthy people, just mm. always in, in hospital or prison. It, it's This all ties in with the spiral of disaster, doesn't it? Like, got, got to have drama, got to have something for people to talk about. Let's put somebody in a near-death experience, but we won't kill them because we don't want to kill the characters. So. Anyway, we're not saying anything that nobody said before. Size a souse, Gemma. Size a souse. Tell us about old boozy Barlow size here. Size a souse, size a souse. On Monday... <laughs> Oh, I've just nearly said who's Bobby then, because for a brief blissful moment I forgot he existed. But how yeah, could he's, I? He's Simon's new best mate now. <laughs> Tell you what, they deserve each other, don't they? Yeah. What no. a pair of unpleasant assholes they are. Simon's Simon's not. I, I I I got a bit of love for Simon. He's I just and, and I'm liking him more and more the more irritated he's being of Bobby. It's quite funny to see somebody else as annoyed with Bobby as we all are at home. It's just make it is making me think though, like is is this purposeful? annoyance maybe he kills him are we supposed to anyway I don't don't want to rag on Bobby right Bobby is uh, in a bad mood and they all work they all work together as well because everyone loves factory scenes where nobody does any stitching although they did actually have the machines out this week they did yeah Simon offers to buy Carla an apology drink Four. Four, 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 four. Not turning up at work on time. Was right. that it? I don't remember. Carla says, why don't you take Bobby out for, for team bonding? And the, and Bobby's uh, like, hey, that sounds like a good idea. And Simon, Simon's oh my like, gosh, oh, I don't, I don't need... want to be friends with this idiot. Yeah. Right, so they go to... Do they go to the bistro or do they go to the... Oh, yeah, this is yeah, the bistro, the bistro scene. Yeah. 
I forgot because they also have a pub scene later. Yeah. So diverse. Bobby's just winding Simon up and they're asking him about has he got a girlfriend. Then Sabrina and Lauren come in and Bobby's like, oh, why don't you guys come over and have a drink with us? And he's trying to flirt with Lauren and get, wants her number. And she says, no, sorry, I'm not long out of a relationship. And then Simon starts asking Sabrina why she's going out with that racist loser, Max. They both get really offended and leave. Bobby here. What, what the hell? He's a pervert. It, it, is it supposed to be charming? Because it's it, not. It is. It's creepy I, you, and weird. I think we're supposed to go, oh, good for him for trying. Yeah, he's, he's a, you know, he's a lad. Yeah, he's a... It's it it come it, it really it is coming work. across as it's like creepy. you massive creep. Perv. She's not interested. Yeah, because later yes, on, yes, he's confident, and he asks for Lauren's number, and she says no. Then on Tuesday, Bobby starts asking Max for Lauren's phone number. Like, no, this is a, you're being a bit. This no, no, just don't, just don't. It's not. We're funny, supposed to think it's charming, charming because, because yeah, ju- we're supposed to think well, too right. Just because he's differently abled, no reason why he can't go after the girls as well. But I just, I just whatever I able is, whatever able he is, he's. I do think there's an element of of like you're supposed to think it's more acceptable, and I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I think any any being creepy and harassing somebody and asking for their number and trying to get hold of their number, it doesn't matter who you are. It's just creepy and weird, and it makes me mad about this character in a way that I don't think they want me to. And he's he he's clearly play. His thing is, oh, I play on my illness because like there was the scene which I I I kind of thought was a little bit funny to be honest. Um, later in the week where he tries to get Daisy to bring them a drink at the pub, doesn't he? And so he he knows that his he's playing on it. His and it's supposed to make condition you... can make anybody do whatever he wants, and he loves that. It just and comes it's... a lot off as manipulative, and it, it's only kind. Of... I don't know. It feels like it's it only endears you to him if you don't know any disabled people in your real life, because if everybody acted like this, it wouldn't be so cute, would it? It's, it's Do you know what I mean? Cute. Like it is not cute. Not, I just... I'm 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 enjoying that not every line that he says is a joke anymore. They have toned that down but, a little bit, but then they're not making him any better in any other ways. But this is what I said before about relying on the humour about I'm disabled. I know this is probably really bad to say, but I just don't think it's a good representation for for people who who are disabled because not everybody wants to make fun of themselves in the same way and or be a figure of fun or a joke. Yeah, and people and who empowering... do have problems and they need help, they don't want people to think, well, if you're just like that guy on the TV, I don't well, really believe you. Why should I help you? You're just, having, you're just trying to pull a fast one. There's definitely empowering about joking. And, you know, we've seen this with Paul. It worked really well with Paul and... Oh, what's her name? Who died? Shelley. Shelley. They did, they, they did a really good job of... of the dark humour that they used and the, the jokes that they made about about the the, the situation they were in, but with he, Bobby, it just it just comes along, across as really obnoxious. Paul's not using it to get something out of somebody he doesn't really know very well, who has shown that they don't want to give them that thing. Paul was just like saying, "Oh yeah, well." You, you know. It's really incel behaviour to act entitled to a woman's affections and attention mm. for any reason whatsoever. I don't. Paul, I, I'm not. I just found this was just a real bad move. Paul's kind of doing it with mates who love him and know his situation, and he knows that they'll 
they'll have a laugh with him about it. But Bob, Bobby thinks that people will have a laugh with him about it. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, it's it's difficult because, like I said before, in a show with not very many characters who have the same circumstances, you become the poster child for that. So you know, you, at the moment we've got three wheelchair users, don't we? We've got Izzy, we've got Paul, and we've got um, uh, Bobby. Even though he's not wheelchair, but you yeah. know, he uses some. He's on wheels. To, yeah. Um, so from that perspective, you, you get come a bit of, of a break here because it's not like Bobby's the only disabled person on the show mm. but he's just not it just i just find it really uncomfortable actually yeah um that i'm expected to give him a, a pass i find i find it a bit patronizing actually mm. um anyway 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 sorry if that's controversial and i know that I've I, don't, I don't think it's controversial to um not really be enjoying Bobby at the no, moment. No, not that, but the reasons why I'm saying it yeah. perhaps are, and I'm, I apologise if anyone is offended, but that's just how I feel about it. As a woman, as a woman who is fed up with men being entitled to attention from, from women. Anyway, so so Bobby's like, give me, give me the phone number. Max goes over to Simon and they're mad at each other because Max is not very happy about the fact that Simon was making eyes at Sabrina. No, that's not actually what it was. I wrote down that what it was, but it, I don't think. Why he, is Max mad then? He, Max is mad because um, he told Sabrina, "You're going out with a racist idiot." I think that's what it was. Simon said that. Yeah, it's about time somebody pointed it out. <laughs> Carla comes and and says, "Everyone, shut up!" And Simon, buck your ideas up. Why does he hire all these idiots? Right, so they all go to the Rovers after work, and Bobby's still trying to get make moves on Lauren. Well, he thinks he's. He says, "I'm not giving up yet. I'll get her. I'll win her for heart." This is not a. This is not a rom com from 1994. Okay, this is current year. Later on, Simon is moaning about Bobby to Glenda, and she's like, "Oh, he's all right." Yeah, she finds him amusing at least. It's because she doesn't know him. It's, he's not tried to badger her for her phone number yet. Yeah, but if she should go. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> anyway, next morning. Next morning, Simon wakes up. Carla's phoning him. Where? Why is he not at work? He says he's he's feeling rough and he's got the flu. Um, no, he's not. He's, he's not. He's not. He's he's going to go out. Well, he, he's got some friends. He's just hung over, isn't he, from his last pub trip? And he's but then his his mate Ken's rings up. And um, do you and, think it's really Ken? Yeah, probably. But he's like he's having a a post midlife crisis where he's spelling his name with a Z. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're going to go to a bar later for more booze time. So on Wednesday, he can't really get his story straight about why he didn't even come to work because he obviously was ill, but then he went out anyway. And Carla says, "You better not be messing me around." So Bobby finds Simon in the pub, and Simon tells him for some reason that he went on a pub crawl yesterday, and now he's hungover again. And Bobby's really impressed. And this is when he gets Daisy to bring him a drink. Mm. Um, Sally and Beth are not happy to see Simon and Bobby coming in from lunch 10 minutes late and the fact that Carla's not having a go at them. And they're totally right to call this out. This is just nepotism. Everyone hates nepotism, don't we? So later on, Carla asks Simon because Kirk's hurt his foot. I don't know what he's dropped on it. I don't know what he's done. A dictionary or something. And... She he, says to Simon, right, you got to drive the, the van now because Kirk can't. And he says, no, I'm not doing it. And she tries to push and he won't go. Is this because, he's, because been, he's had yeah, two drinks been drinking, for, yeah. for lunch? And he can't say that he's had two drinks. 
My question is, why can't you say you've had two drinks? Everyone goes to the pub in the show and has drinks at lunchtime. Just say I had drinks at lunch. I'm not driving. And he's not, he's not operating heavy machinery at it's the not, factory, is he? I, I don't think it matters. Everybody's always drunk there. <laughs> so, so apart from Kirk, so he he just point blank refuses. She gets mad and tries to push. He says, "You can't tell me what to do like you did my dad. Push me around." And so she says, "Right, that's it. You're fired." So he goes home to Leanne. And whines at her about it. And she's like, oh. I haven't had a good chance, an excuse for a strop for many a month. Let's I'm going to go and murder myself up. Clops into the factory, has it out with Carla. He's like, hang on a minute. It, what's he told you? The reason he couldn't drive is because he's been drinking all the time. So Leanne goes back with a tail between her legs and talks to Simon about this and says, listen, you've got to really lay off this. You, you're drinking too much. It's becoming a problem. Then Bobby comes around and says, come to a two-for-one cocktail evening with me. Simon turns him down, but he says, there's, no, he'd rather do lone drinking, doesn't he? Well, comes, he goes, he's got some cans later. He goes and gets a load of bag of booze and sits on the sofa all alone, trying to get in touch with his dad, who's like, I'm sorry I'm out of contract, I can't... Can't come back, can't speak I on can't the phone to you at the moment. Yeah, and he has a bit, has a bit of a sad, sad time. I do feel a bit bad for him. He's been Simon, yeah. yeah. Nobody gives a crap he's about been, him. He, no, nobody does. Nobody will give involve him in all their stories and drama. He's been cast aside all these years. His dad has been pretty terrible for this, his whole life, and now he's just abandoned him. And I mean, from a point of view of like self esteem and everything, he's been given a, a stupid job by his dad's girlfriend and he clearly doesn't care about it and he's only there because is you know because of that relationship yeah well he's a character who's like well he's got to have a job it's got to be on the street i guess it's going to be there he doesn't seem suited it doesn't to that seem place suited to it i doubt he's good at it it does it... just collects the people who can't work yeah. in in a shop or you anywhere. know any anywhere else a food place yeah yeah yeah, so you see, I can see he's he's directionless, isn't he? He's 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 a young man with nothing to do. Yeah, and and, and, and I no think in many ways there's him. it's quite a you know. Character. It's realistic. I yeah, think this is realistic. actually really realistic, and I think Simon's the sort of person this would make sense with. He hasn't got a girlfriend. He doesn't have any real friends. He's never he's had a girlfriend, really sad, has he? He's just got a really. He's got a sad mega fact. sad existence. He really does. Yeah. And now he's and now he's got Bobby latching onto him just to make matters worse. Yeah, just. I hope that we do see a. a I don't know some, where this some, is going. Some nice things happen for Simon. I I, I feel I feel bad for this him. This is quite. I I don't know whether I, I still haven't decided whether I like the idea of him becoming an alcoholic because in some ways he thinks well yeah maybe people in his situation do turn to booze because what that what else can life offer them? But then on the other hand, you would think, oh, hang on a minute after he's seen what it's done to his dad, would that really happen? And I know they're, they're putting it in as a story like, oh, you know, like father, like son. But I would so think that maybe Simon... become an alcoholic. Oh, yeah, I know. But I just think that Simon might think twice if about only it, that, having seen what If happened. only humans were that logical, Michael. <laughs> I know, <laughs> There'd I be know. no such thing as the cycle of abuse, yeah. for example. Yeah. It so totally makes sense. He's had this behaviour modelled to him. The thing about humans is we're, we're not logical, are we? Like, mm. he's, he's not like... He's not obviously absorbed a lot of the things that have happened. Mm. 
I'm really kind of hope. Yeah, I'm championing Simon here. I'm hoping that he. Uh, he's uh, obviously going to sink lower before he goes up, but I hope that he, he ends knows this on a high. He will go back up again. I don't know. I, I, I hope he ends. The this biggest on a high. revelation of the week was that. Bobby is named after Bobby Ewing. Oh yeah, he did, isn't he? Rather than being named after his, his father, father, Robert. Ro- that was that that yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It's another. Surely he was fact. named after his dad. Can't be a coincidence. He must be lying. Maybe it's going to be a running joke, and he says he's he's named after Bobby Davro next. Well, I something. wonder whether he's going to be the sort of character who does make up these funny stories, like, you know, yeah, a bit Mary. of a Mary. It's like you can't believe anything this character says, and then you turn into like Mary's turn into a bit of a joke. Like anything she says, I just kind of switch off. I think this isn't telling Real. me about her character. She's just, it's just something it's that the, the writer thinks is funny and. And, and, and there's worry that's going to happen with Bobby. I'm really sorry to all the Bobby lovers out Let's there. Let's stop him being a sex pest, please. It's not funny or cute. They, yeah. It's just, it's just patronising. It's not working for me. Um, right, so finally then, um, we got we got the start of the Tracy storyline that was teased to us on Christmas Day, but Tommy Orpington is back. He's a decorator, and um, he's going to be he's going to be sorting the, out the decorating in, it's going to be... He's going to be taking a look at Tracy's bedroom ceiling and probably in more ways than one. It's gonna, he's going to be there for a week, isn't he? Yeah. Because, you know, although it's it's going to be three days, mm. he said his rate is 200 quid. Yeah. The bill is £800 and it said that the day rate was by far the biggest expense on the invoice. Interesting That's my, stuff. my maths there. I'm just <laughs> working out. So we... Do I want to become a decorator for two hundred pound a day? We have heard. Maybe. <laughs> we have heard that there's trouble afoot at number one, and Steve and Tracy have been having these terrible marital problems yeah, that we have seen nothing of, literally, aside from one or two scenes. Steve turns to camera and says, "Tracy and I are having problems." Yeah, just a little bit of establishing, you know, a bit of a prologue to this. And Tracy says, "Yes, indeed, we are." So it's her birthday on Tuesday and also Izzy's birthday and she's been bought a cherry stone pillow. Don't tell Linda she doesn't care. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it's, Linda wasn't even in this ever. She she disappears back off to Portugal on Monday. Does she? she? I thought that... Oh, I don't know. Maybe I she just wasn't she in anyone. No, maybe you're right. She hasn't. It's like, but oh, I wouldn't, Izzy, wouldn't I be surprised. She's like, oh, it's Izzy's birthday tomorrow. I better get back home. Better before. get her a fridge. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, Steve's got this cherry stone p- pillow which is... That was kind of a funny scene just with Ken's reaction. Like, oh, I'll oh, have they're quite good, thank you. Better than the train set that I got for my birthday last year. You yeah, maybe maybe Steve bought her this because she's been leaving bunches of magazines yeah, about, about cherry stone, stone pillows. pillows. Exactly explains it all. She's not happy about this. She, she's not happy, and he's. We just get the the old Steve. You're useless. We yeah. need decorating. Yeah. Establishing dialogue. Just so that we can get on with Tommy Orpington. Why can't going they around. show us these stains? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> show don't tell. Come on. Um, anyway, Mary tells Tracy, "Look, you need to get an actual decorator in. You're asking Steve to do it, but he's a waste of space. Get to get a professional in." And she she, she goes like, home, hmm, and, and Tracy and Steve is being pretty useless. Um, so she's like, "Right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in." I'm just guide. constantly astonished by these women who have these men around that can do these things. So lucky for them. I know, like. They're like get the get your There's husband to do it. There's characters that are a bit. What useless. you can get your husband to do to, to what? Put shelves up and paint things. There are so many, yeah, things. so many guys what? on this that they're just like, yeah, of course I'll do that. But that's never even an option in this house. No, is not it? at all. Anything practical at all? Get Michael to do it. Get Michael no. to phone a man. I I've that's had some shelves delivered in the post in the last few weeks, and I'm thinking we 
probably do need to get a man to get those yes, we do. to get those up on the wall. Well, we already had a man to put the other shelves up. I know, I know. I just can't and do the other shelves like up. That. I'm useless. Um, <sighs> anyway, it's all right. You earned a big bucks also... to cover the costs, oh, don't yeah, you? Yeah, six foot five percent. That was this year. <laughs> um, it turns out very handily for Tracy's upcoming story that Emma. Um, not Emma the police officer, no. but Emma Steve's daughter is going to be visiting Paris. Just pop into Paris from Australia, Don't do as it. you do. And um, he wants to go and see her because it's been a whole year since she's been in the program, and um, he he wouldn't want to miss out on the chance. Why would you go to Paris? So um, the the <laughs> Wednesday's episode, he walks into the room and what the episode the uh, the the sorry, the, <laughs> the episode. Uh, Decorator. Decorator is Tommy Orpington. What? What? Um, yeah, he's, he's he's talking to Tracy, who still unbelievably doesn't know who he is. Yeah, but Michael, if a pot like because you you watch your videos, you have podcasters that you watch videos of on YouTube, right? Yeah. If one of them was a decorator and came to our house and was decorating our, our house, I wouldn't even go. I think I recognise your face unless it was the one that's a muppet. <laughs> I know it was that him. Yeah, but the thing is, and this was. This was shown in this episode by the childish um, Tim and Stephen Kev scene later. They're always, Tommy O. He's literally, we had... The only person ever... I can't remember. He literally that really had wound me up, that two scene. songs about Tommy Orpington. There's only one Tommy O. When, when yeah, Tracy, Tracy came doesn't the room, know who this guy is. When Tracy came to the room and Steve was had to sing Tom, the Tommy Orpington song louder and louder in, three times in a row and wouldn't listen to what he was. she was saying, I wanted... To, 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 to kill him why doesn't she kill Steve she's already killed Owen yeah she not Owen who is it Charlie Charlie sorry yeah. Yeah. he already killed one guy why is Steve so relaxed around this woman who she he knows w- would kill him at the drop of a hat this story for me is just showing it's the epitome of everything that's gone wrong with Steve over the last 10 years he's just gobsmacked in the presence of this legend and you know maybe, maybe you would be but then you'd be like oh, He's just going, you know, going the, to the, the pub fact, and the fact, the thing, him and Tim and Kevin all just being like this guy teenagers that around commands this guy. such adoration from these guys, from his fellow men, yeah? How come he's fallen so far from grace that all he can do is get to charge under pound a day for, for Cleet? <laughs> like, he could sell these men, he could sell them, like, spend a day with Tommy O. He could, 200 quid a time. Yeah. He could do it all at once. The whole day, he earned hundreds of quid from these idiots. And they can't be the only idiots that, that worship the ground he walks on. How has he managed to get himself in a situation where, even though he's got a massive fan base of, of raving fans, he, he, he can't monetize it? I, I guess that I just can't, um, I can't relate to somebody who is that speechless and gaga over over a famous person person. but i know lots of people are but but i don't think they're they're like pushing 50 the people who are like that with famous people you know they're just he just comes across as such a simpleton and tim impressed yeah yeah that's fine yeah i mean we've probably got lots of listeners who if who would love us to, us to be you know, decorating their if house? Kate Ford walked no, in. No, but we could decorate our house. Or and they'd be like, wow! Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I think, if I think if I turned up to decorate anywhere, you'd be like, what, Michael? You, what? It's amazing. You don't know how to paint. I'm going to write a song about you. Um, but yeah, so that's I've, I've got no problem, really, but with, with... Again, it's supposed to be endearing, but it just comes across 
completely yeah he just comes across nonsensical as, and, and it's it's like Kirk he was there as well wasn't he Kirk I forgot Kirk, and it just reminds Kev, us that they're just Tim Steve yeah. they're, they're a oh, I, couple of couple of no goals short of a pitch like what are you doing no they're, they're really Tra- they Tracy's there kind of rolling her eyes at her we find out because them, of Kirk's I mean. connections from his Buzz of the, Buzz Bee, of the days, Bee days yeah. that, that Tommy O's had a divorce. Mm. So he's single. Yes, he is. And he Thanks needs... to getting that into the script. Come, what could be happening here? <laughs> he needs... What could this be leading money, to? Money, I guess. Because everyone's like, well, shouldn't he be living in Cheshire and being on Real Housewives of Cheshire or whatever? Mm. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense that the only thing he can think of to do with his skills and, and fan base is to paint well, he's got to Tracy's take advantage bedroom. of that height somehow, hasn't he? Um, I was kind of... I'm sure this happens. I'm sure this happens. I know this happens. Because every so often you get a story in the papers like, oh my God, this ex-Corrie legend, ex-TV star, ex-EastEnders stars, are always working in a card shop. Oh, look at this, how terrible. Oh yeah, you do, you totally do. All the time. This is just what it's like, uh, I guess, but... Mm. Would you really be in that situation when you had people that literally would mm. fo- I don't know. lie I in don't a puddle? So Maybe this is very realistic, but it, does, it doesn't mean I enjoy watching it. I, I, I quite enjoyed Tommy, like, surprisingly. The, the, the scenes that he was with Tracy, I thought that the actor was like... Because considering that, you know, know, he's been a bit part... He's been he's in the, it for He's ages. been the sort of characters where they don't need to employ creme de la creme of acting talent so I never really considered anything about him but I thought he, I thought he did a pretty good job with I'm Kate really, Ford I am quite interested I feel like a bit bad because I was um, initially thinking why the hell do we want Tommy Orpington so like, was I like, and now I'm like oh yeah let's let's see I'll... it's nothing yeah again it's no bad reflection on him as, a, as an actor because no, he's never no. had a chance. He's literally, I think it was like, what, 2016 or so, his first, so he's like eight years he's been on and off Coronation Street. But they he talked must be so about chuffing. him before he turned up. I'm sure they did. did I, no, um, I don't remember. And But he also, he did have a few scenes when James was supposed to be having that meeting with him, do you remember? I thought that he was a bit of a baddie last time. Yes, thought he was, was. I thought he was chumming up with um, with Corey Brent, I think I yeah, said he last was. week. He wasn't, he anyway. wasn't a good guy. We, we, know we, little, we know as little about him that it doesn't really matter. Um, but yes, how, clearly... What will clearly, happen now? I, I hope it's good. Like, Kate Ford is <laughs> such such a great actress and she... She Tracy in the past has been wonderful and she's been sneaky and manipulative and, and horrible and violent and she, she has been there's been periods where Tr- Tracy has been like the face of Corrie where she's been the top woman yeah, yeah. of Corrie and just the last few years nothing so I, I, I'd i like to hope that this storyline does have a bit more depth to it than like for hubba hubba let's hide in the closet let's sort do, of thing let's do Courtney and Ardy redux yeah. where we say this is steamy and hot and I hope that you don't have your own opinion about I, I it. hope that they don't make that... I'd love for that part of this story not to be comedy. I don't want a comedy, don't want a comedy affair. I'd comedy like, romp. I, I'd like to see some like, nice dialogue or something. I don't know whether I'm asking for too Honestly, much Honestly, there's a lot of potential here. It's not the sort of story I really want that... To, you know, I'd never go, great, an affair story. Some yeah, people do, I I'm, guess. Some people must love them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, there's been a fair few recently, so... Not surprised if anyone. I am the idea. Yeah, I'm surprising myself. Tracy should kill Steve, though. (laughs) I just think that 
that Tracy knew what she was signing up for when she married Steve. He is no different now than he was when she married him. And we were, you know, we were fighting for Tracy and Steve to get back together because I know a lot of Corey people, when they got married, or Corey fans were saying, no, they're useless. Tracy has been so horrible to Steve over the years. Look at all the things that she's done. Why would he be interested in her? And we were saying, oh, you know, I, I, I can buy that they were teenage. You know, she's loved him since... They were teenagers together. I think they feel like they belong together, a bit like Nick and Leanne. It just kind of fits, even though they're not really right for each other. But I would say, yeah, definitely say to Tracy in these circumstances, you you knew Steve. He's not changed in the slightest. Um, you no. can't change a man. You're old enough to know <laughs> that by this point. You can't change a man, but you can kill him. Don't don't have just an, an idea. Um, so. No, I think was... I think it would be really nice to see Tracy get treated nicely for once. They're gonna, yeah. But but he's gonna turn out to be a. Cad. I really hope that we get to see a he's lot. He's gonna of break her, her heart. She has if been... Tommy breaks her heart, I'm gonna have to, you know. Well, she's gonna get back with Steve by the end of the year, isn't she? Has Steve just been There's atrocious. No way, hasn't he? not a chance that Steve and Tracy will be split up by the end of this year. I'm putting that out. Is there this now. gonna be a comedy storyline or is this gonna be a serious one? Because we know we, Steve is going to, to Paris, isn't he? Yeah. The the thing that I'm most worried about about this story is just what Steve's going to be like when he gets back. Like, what's his reaction going to be? Is it going to be a believable, or is he going to be, hey, you've been you've been sleeping with my wife, hmm. and then he's going to do something to make him she's stupid? You know, <clears throat> I can just I can just picture Gurney. him. Gurn and face. then yeah, with his gurn face and Tommy kind of looking down at him, thinking you you utter pillock. Mm. I. I it's a it's a brave it's brave to have this kind of move with Steve, even though back in the day Simon Gregson would have been absolutely perfect for this. He's had so many brilliant dramatic moments, and maybe maybe this is going to be a return to <laughs> old school Steve and Simon Gregson showing that he's he got can the chops. do it. He can do it. He they can just do he, it. the character but is just. I worry in much the so same much. way that like some female actresses, not mentioning anyone in Corrie just in general, perhaps might Botox themselves to the point at which they can't make an expression. Has the, has, <laughs> Nobody in Corrie has ever had any kind of, of enhancement Has Simon Gregson gurned so much as Steve that now his face can't make a different expression? Well, maybe he just was gurning when the wind changed one day. Maybe he <laughs> Didn't go, this ever tell you, Steve? Go stand down in Media City and you'll get some wind changing. <laughs> you can fix, fix yourself. Right, um, so this week's Corrie was... Potential, potential, potential yeah, but you know also definite like concerns we'll see we'll see I'm looking forward to it it's, it's new it's, it's, it's a new story whereas yeah. lots of everything else that's going on at the moment feels like a continuation of things that have been happening for a while well, so si- that yeah the Simon stuff's a development isn't it it's a development ish yeah, yeah. The, the Paul stuff's been gone for ages the, the Liam storyline's been going on forever the Baileys have there's been lots of long running stories so it's nice to see a new one with character and that we haven't seen much of it's not an issue is it it's, you're right it not, I don't think we're going to learn anything from that I don't want to learn anything good. I don't want to know about the plight of, of ex-footballers who have to become plaster decorators to, to, to earn a coin I don't want to learn about infidelity in, in relationships and what just it's like to just want a bit like of about and a bit of Tracy being treated nicely because she deserves I, it I don't want to know about the, the Paris syndrome I don't <laughs> want to know about any of it um, so anyway mixed bag for Corrie this week um, definitely better than last week yeah. Um, which was just like, 
I, I just couldn't couldn't be dealing with last week's Corey. Loved all the stuff with the camper van. Um, Jane Hazelgrove again. What what a star. Peter Ash, brilliant. Dolly bringing up the rear. Um, just just loved that stuff. I loved um, the. I thought the fire was was nice. Um, like a nice fire. There, there were you know, and and there's there's potential there. So it, not an amazing week, but still, I'm gonna give fairly this decent. fairly decent. Um, I'm going to give this um, three and a half twanged backs out of five. Very nice. Not a bad job at all, Corey. I'm going to give this week three. Three documentaries about Gandhi and Jack the Ripper, because that's oh, also Oh, I bet you were well into that. Subject, You'd yeah. sit with, you could do a podcast with Sally about Me, that, Yeah, I definitely you? could, because I've got special... Everyone knows, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I've got very special affinity with Gandhi, because we were both, both born, born on the second of October. October. Yeah. Very, we, we both have the same similar personalities. Although I do sleep with fewer naked young women than he did, and also love Jack the Ripper. Mm. Perfect. Both my heroes. Um, character of the week this week. Are they the same person? I'm saying no. Yeah, we're not. We're not getting into that. We now. We're now t minus fifty five minutes until the traitors is on. Um, I hard, hard one for character of the week. I don't know whether there's any major standouts. Um, maybe, maybe Bernie again, just for being a lovely understanding mum. Um, I don't... To, can I give it to Gandhi? No, you cannot give it to Gandhi. All right, just check in. I've got to check these things. Who are you giving it to? Come Mrs. on. Mrs Crawshaw. N- no, you can't give it to Mrs best. Crawshaw. You, you do not With think it was cutbacks. Mrs Crawshaw. D.S. Swain. No, she was also not for a main character this government week. Government cutbacks. Um, I don't know. It's not Bobby. <laughs> it's never Bobby. It will never be Bobby. When is it Paul? I, is I it honestly Gemma? hope for the day that is Bobby gets character character of the week. I really want. I really, despite everything I've said about him this week, every and how week much we have I also dis- said dislike we want him, to like Bobby. I am waiting and I'm wishing and hoping for the week when I can genuinely give him character of the week because I want all the best for him, but also I want him to stop thinking with his penis. Um. Is it Billy? Is it Moses? Is it I'm Pete? gonna give it to Bernie for Bernie. the nettles. Double Bernie, nice. Right, um a little bit of news to go to next. So should we head to the camera? Yeah. Right, speed news this week. Basically nothing's happened in the world of Coronation Street this week, apart from lovely Claire Sweeney, Cassie Plummer, has made her debut on Dancing on Ice on Sunday, didn't she? We did not watch the show, of course. You don't need to Saturday. say that every time. But we still we but we watched Claire Sweeney. We watched the YouTube. She was she came I on. I didn't. Yeah, you were there. You were in the room when I no, think you didn't. were. Oh well, she was. She did. I think she. I think she did. I need a hero. I think so. they were dressed up in Greek, ancient Greek things. She had she had hunky men bringing her out on a big chariot or something. She was good. Consider you know she got five out of fives across the board. I think oh, that was a solid start. Five. I think that she's you know she's got the charisma and the personality to hopefully win herself a few votes as well. I'm hoping that she's going to go far. I mean we've also got um, Ryan Thomas is on the show, isn't he? He started last week. I don't Jason. know Jason Jason Grimshaw. He was on it last week. She was on it this week. Watched her. Thinks she was great. She's she's all doing all filling up all the socials with her behind the scenes stuff. She's a lovely lady. Um, so go Good go and her. go and give her your votes. Um, hopefully she's going to be in it and go all the way like Ellie Leach. Speaking of which, and here's a lovely segue. Segway. Segway. Sandwich. 
The dr- you know we talked recently about that Drama Queens programme. We did. We said it sounded terrible. No, we didn't. We said it sounded... No. Oh, I said it sounded terrible. We said that we would watch it because we think did it would I? be quite interesting to see what's going on behind the scenes at Corrie. But the, the lineup has been announced now. And I don't think it's what we thought it was going to be. Because the three Coronation Street starlets whose um, lives we're going to be following... Um, when the cameras stop rolling, are Lucy Fallon, Ellie Leach, and Brooke Vincent. So it's kind of like one Corrie person in it, which is Lucy Fallon. Speaking it's, of which, where on earth is Bethany on Coronation Street at the moment after coming back and then now disappearing? Is this the only three people? Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> so it's it's not really what we thought. We thought it would literally be more this is behind the scenes at Corrie. So and I guess we'll get a bit of that with one Lucy. One person is in... Corey at the moment. Yeah. Ellie Leach. Um, so obviously... Lucy Fallon plays Bethany. Ellie Leach was Faye. Was Faye Windass. And Brooke is um, Sophie, Sophie Webster. Who's not been in Coronation Street for, what, what for, what, three, four years? What she's doing at I don't, well, she's, she's trying doing to navigate her, her way back into the acting world. She is trying to navigate Well, she's also doing her stationery, isn't she? She's got her oh so yes. be stationery line. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's an odd choice. So it really is like... You know these people? I suppose, you know, if they were all people at Corrie, would it all seem samey? But I think that this will have an audience. But I'm not... I'm sorry. I'm not that interested in knowing what Ellie Leach and Brooke Vincent are doing. But I I am interested in the Lucy Fallon stuff. And I think that Brooke Vincent is lovely. She has been on the podcast twice. I was going to say, all of these people seem really nice. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. People. I haven't heard anything bad about any of them. No. Especially Ellie Leach, you know, she was really. Um, Ellie Leach's mega popular Brooke, at the moment. You've That's... spoken to her. She's been, been interviewed a couple of times on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooke, Brooke's She's really lovely. Um, but I was, very much I was Lucy hoping Fallon. this would be. No, I, Lu, Lu, Lucy Fallon, from what I've seen from. Uh, from she seems quite funny. She seems like a real fun person. Yeah. She really, really does. I'd, I'd re- I'm hoping, I'd love to get Lucy Fallon on the podcast. I, I re- that's, maybe that can be an aim for me for this year to get well, Lucy on the nice show. Well, she's great. She's great. But yeah, maybe we can get them on to pr- to promote to promote this. drama queens. Maybe we can. Um, but anyway, I would call this drama princesses. Yeah, I didn't. What I didn't do, and I should have done. But I, we've had a very busy. Oh, we didn't say what our big news was this week. Do you want to talk no. about our big family news? We're not going to talk about that. She, no, it's bad. It's, it's we've had some bad, bad family news, but you don't want to know about no, it. No, it's not. Um, anyway, so for various reasons, we've not had lots of time to do stuff. But I. There's the, 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 you make it sound like it was some amazing thing. Sorry, it's, it's my not. business anyway. It's not your business. Sorry, um, it's um, I could the, the, the right, name yeah. no the names of the characters sorry actresses from the other soaps have also been revealed. Well, and that's what I, I haven't, asked you. Yeah, no. I said there's only three people in it. You said, oh, yes. from Corey. Yes, it's not what I asked. But there's you. three from other soaps. What I haven't done oh, is said are they still in the soaps? You so I don't. Great, oh, great. I'm I'm disgraceful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway. Um, That's why says, I was confused because I thought, "What the heck? Why? Why is there a show?" No, there's three... one. There's one. There's three from Emmerdale and three from Hollyoaks. Uh, I mean, Brooke says, cool. "I'm excited to show the authentic side of having a small children whilst trying to navigate my way back into the acting world." Um, Lucy has said, "I'm excited for viewers to see real behind the scenes of my chaotic life as an actress and a first-time mum." And Ellie, people are used to seeing me play the character Faye Windass and I'm just so excited for everyone to see who I am and what goes on in my day-to-day life as just Ellie. So anyway, ITVB, um, later in the spring, 
I mean, it's we'll, we will still it's... definitely watch at least one episode, but I can't say I can commit I don't to think it's for now. us. I don't. I don't it's I, it's, it's not, clearly we're clearly not the audience. So I'm not going to be down on it because it's nothing to do with me. So Emmerdale no. stars Amy Walsh, Roxy Shahadi, and Laura Norton, and so Hollyoaks, Georgie Porter, and Jamelia. Yeah. So cool. anyway, are they are they in it? I don't know. It's fine. I'm just we're just kind of blabbering on because that's all the news there is this week. But um, continue to wish our very best of luck to Claire Sweeney and and hope for the future that there will be more big Corrie news next week. But next, um, feedback. let's move on. Feedback time. We have got the average score from the Facebook group, and it is two point seven nine. So. Didn't go down no, all that no, well. Not so good this week, was it? No. Jonathan gave it two and a half sessions of Arsenine Delight Deb didn't get to have with Bernie. <laughs> Fat gave it two and a half very tall Gregory Pecks. And Rebecca gave it three balloons for Harry, which should have said, it's Damon's. <laughs> very good. Very nice, very nice. Thank you very much. We didn't get very many votes this week on the poll. Well, More I think this people week, weren't, please. Uh, People, so I motivated. think that is sometimes the case that when they they, like, they don't want to give it a low score, just leave it to us to do it. It feels like people are on social media are always down about Corey, but at the moment it does it just doesn't feel very. There's not a lot of positive comments going on about it in general. So. I know, I know. Right, Richard has emailed us and said, "Apologies, I've been rubbish sending in feedback recently." okay he's got uh, a lot of stuff going on he says i'm sending this on thursday the 25th of january my gum that was yesterday week's episodes have been pretty typical of my recent viewing experiences one average episode monday and two strong ones in my opinion by the way i classify an episode as the whole hour though i realize an hour is technically two that's what i said i think we do as well even though it's six episodes a week it's really three Richard says I know that Bobby is a Marmite character but I'm loving him and I've enjoyed his recent yeah scenes. I've seen this Richard I'm on glad. the Facebook group you've been you saying like good him. things about Bobby and you're not the only one there's been quite a few but I'm glad you like him but equally I hope he doesn't stay as he is because I don't think it's mm. going to last very long there was um there was a post on the Corrie subreddit yesterday wasn't there with uh, somebody saying which character on Corrie makes you do this and then they had the angry, angry one face. from um the Inside Out film and I was like oh I wonder what the first character yeah it's Bobby that's say. a top comment Poor Bobby. <laughs> I, I, got, I really hope that Jack has got a really thick skin I hope he doesn't go on social media and I'm and sure they've told him well, not he, to he's on, he's on Instagram he's posting all. The, I just hate people Just he's not the character it, so. yeah okay right um, Richard says Paul's, Paul's illness and the impact on his family and friends continues to go from strength to strength Joseph's storyline was boring me. I'm pleased it seems to have reached a conclusion. I'm enjoying Simon having a storyline. i kind of forgotten about Ed and the Baileys, which is odd. On the one hand, they were so prominent in December, but which I think is indicative that there are so many, possibly too many characters. It did seem strange that Ed's addiction becoming exposed appeared to be the end of the plot, as I imagine that the consequences of a gambling addiction are, as the show has portrayed this week, bailiffs, homelessness, general desperation. Not fires generally, but <laughs> not fires can happen sometimes. In summary, I think the show has had a steady start to the year, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it develops. Steady. I'm glad that you like it. Mm. <laughs> we don't not like it. There've I been would... some good things, but I don't, again, it's one of these situations where I don't think that we agree on what the good things were, which you know is an argument for why some things are in the show, which we're like, what is that? Why? Why even yeah. have that? Yeah. 
I'm I'm waiting for the big like yeah I can't anyway I I don't want to moan about it anymore. Nicole <laughs> Nicole was great. She sent us a photo this week, didn't she? Because she uh, did. she's a bit behind on Coronation Street, and she's uh, she she sent us an email called Tofino in the subject line, and um, she <laughs> says um, she's a bit behind on Curry, which is why she's just mentioning that. That was what was on Stephen's postcard, wasn't it? Um, yes, she it says. Uh, she she says some lovely things about the podcast and about being an essential part of a curry viewing experience. Thank you very much. Anyway, she says, I was delighted to see the reference to Tofino in Coronation Street. It's a very popular holiday spot for our family. Just beautiful. I could have sent a ton of photos, but who wants to see anyone's holiday pics? Me? But here, here is one. Right, listeners, picture this. It's a picture of a very nice looking place and the sky's very beautiful. I haven't got it open at the moment. I'm sorry, Nicole, but it did look really nice when you sent it yesterday. I want. I think that people should send us their holiday pics. We can't do it on the podcast because we're just we're just we're just sounds. But I'd like to see where people are going on holiday. Make me feel jealous. Nicole, as far as Corrie goes, says it's been really good recently. See, there's someone else who's positive. That's nice. Some of the highlights for me were the bath scene with Billy and Paul. Yes. Daniel losing it with Daisy, any scene with Peter and his struggling with his guilt, any scene with David and his snarky comments, but generally all good. Well, I enjoyed all those things that you enjoyed as well, Nicole. Um, all the best, she says. Hopefully I'll get caught up soon. Thank you for the hard work on the podcast. Gemma, Nicole sends her thanks. Thank you. And, I liked seeing and the picture. Happy New Year. What did you think when I was like, Tofino is clearly somewhere in Italy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know everything. Um, she says, Happy New Year. And um, also... I think Evelyn's, you know, this book that Evelyn wanted for Christmas. Um, Nicole says oh, yeah. she's never heard of Winifield Hotby or South Riding, but gave it a try. It wasn't available at the library, but she bought it on her Kobo reader for $3.99. A little bit better than the £150 that um, that, that Roy, he, that Roy spent. spent. He didn't on shop Evelyn. about though, did he? That was, that was his big mistake. It is. Well, he got a special one, didn't he? We well, got a few comments on our. Um, I think this was on YouTube. I always. I'm really sorry. I neglect our lovely new, new YouTube listeners. When I I'm can't even hear comments. a in this. The, this the, yeah, the, the feedback does not go on know. YouTube, but they might. Mar- Mar- marry her, Dudley. This is. This, this is the person who. This is the person who didn't think that no. Gaddis's hair was all that. It was but, very cute. Um, anyway she, she... love this episode I'd love the next big villain on the show to be female and I'd love them to fool everyone not someone like Abby or Cassie who looks like a roughin someone who looks beautiful and housewifey that no one would suspect the traitors is so popular right now with this premise I'd love to see Corey do something outside the box like this I, I get that Cassie looks like a villain and they've properly roughed up Claire Sweeney but I didn't think Abby's she has been in the past I suppose she's looks well, fairly scallyish but she doesn't she can stru- scrub up really well but she doesn't on the holes do that no I mean it's, I, I'd quite like the idea of there being a bit of a teddy bear assassin sort of smiley we're not going to get another one and we're not going to get another killer on Cory for not, no, not as that. I'd like there to be a character who who looks nice but isn't. We we got it a little bit with uh, with Aggie's friend last year, didn't we? Oh, he was her. overly Arabella. nice. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's it. I can't remember the character's name. Um, Yvette, wasn't it? Oh, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, we're all for female villains here. On yes, Coronation we Street, want more are. female villains. Few and far Bring between. Bring back Maya, Mad mm. Maya. Yeah. Um, we also had a comment. Do you think Mad Maya is what? the same category as Fat Brenda? Like, you can't say it anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's just Maya when she comes back. <laughs> Don't say mad. Don't it's, say mad. No. Um, uh, okay, somebody called Rolling Stone on our YouTube says, uh, this is a comment for who who oh, um, yeah. they thinks need to go. These these were comments um, based on, on our predictions videos and, and, and prayers for the year and so on. So, the, Rolling Stone's two cents, 
Beth, Stu, Yasmin, Eliza, one that wants to go. go. Kevin, Rita, Mary, Simon, Izzy, Daniel, Sean, Bethany, Cassie, Brian, Nina, and Sam. Interesting. I'm not going to say that I agree with all of them, but there were certainly a few there (laughs) that I would uh, be happy to... Well, not happy. I would sadly ship them off, but say it's for the good of the show. It really feels... Don't you try and get rid of Sam. I'm keeping hold of him, mister. Burn him in a fire. No way. Um... Oh, uh, then he says, youngsters-wise, Lauren and Gav. Can Gav? do without. Can do without, no. Gav is just not being given a chance. Not to say, see, as he says, not to say all these people are not good or even at least adequate actors, but their roles have run their course, if you ask me. It's possible. Gav's role hasn't run its course. They will never get started. rid of Bethany, Rita. she's only been back two weeks. There are some, char- are some people about? they will never, ever get rid of, and Rita is one of them. Yeah, until she's not ready to go, until Barbara Knox Knox are, yeah. wants to go, then they'll then they'll get rid of the character, but yeah. not before. Yeah. Rebecca says, "I agree. The Lyme disease talk did feel a bit preachy. I think it was the right length of com- it was the length of the conversation that mm. made it preachy." Linda had no right in what she said to Chesney, although I don't blame Gemma and not forgiving him. But I bet they get back together whenever Paul dies. Do you, do you mean Joseph is he's still in hospital, isn't he? Um, is he? I thought he was. But literally nothing that happened in... what? Get over it. Nothing that happened in that story this week was a result of him having Lyme disease. It's like, he's going to get in hospital, he's going to be cured of his Lyme disease, and then he's going to go back to normal. The drama is he was ill and Chesney didn't have anything to do with it. So literally, he could have had anything. So that makes it even more preachy. We want to have a scene where we tell people about Lyme disease, but we don't want to show anyone actually properly suffering from it or what's the consequences well, of yeah, having exactly. Lyme disease what do, what's the treatment for Lyme disease what's my rate my my awareness has been raised of Lyme disease so but I already knew that you could get it I well I you know I don't so I don't I've, I've thought about Lyme disease more in the last few weeks than I ever <laughs> have done before but, but I don't that, feel that you know my life is better with this new knowledge well I don't feel like I can do anything about it either <laughs> no, that's true so Just what don't go walking around in the long grass I already was worried about it, but now what? It's not changed. <laughs> I, I already don't walk around in the long grass because I've been playing a load of Pokemon games and I don't want, don't want anything coming and, and attacking me, no. No. So, Rebecca says, I did laugh, though, that Joseph preferred to stop with Gemma than Chesney and love Dr Gannis appearing in Roy's roles, although I wanted to know what her breakfast was. Yes. Does she also have grape nuts? But she loves grape nuts. I think that she's more of a, like, a, um, a salmon on... What's that? Salmon on blini kind of girl for breakfast. We don't have blinis for breakfast. Maybe on a bagel. Gadass does. Salmon bagel for breakfast. That starts to get us for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rebecca says, Harry's balloons should have said it's Damon's on like the last balloon was around, that was around in that flat. I don't know Mm. what are Harvey's reasons for being let out either as I thought he murdered Natasha. I think Lauren's secret boyfriend is Harvey, but I really don't really care. That's another week. Another week yeah. where we had some Lauren, but they didn't even hint about this mystery. Do you reckon <laughs> whoever Lauren's ex-boyfriend is, is going to come and beat up Bobby? There was a bit of insurrection on our Facebook group this week, wasn't there? A whole post about people know. saying, I don't mind Lauren, actually. I think she's quite interesting. <gasps> we you. don't allow dissenting opinions. <laughs> that was fine. I'm um, glad you enjoyed it more. Uh, Rebecca says, Gav saying to Lauren he would take her to the Greyhound races was hilarious, but I still maintain it's because he's black that Lauren isn't interested in him. I yes, wonder. could be. Didn't even really go down that route, did we? I really... 
he was also I've a bit like said this. He was a bit that. like Bobby. He was a little bit forward, wasn't he? Why would you want to hang out with somebody who was a racist? I don't get it. I don't want to hang out with someone who's a racist, and I'm not black. I, they're far too forgiving of these of Max and Lauren. They wouldn't. They nearly got somebody blown up last year. Okay, right. Be a bit that she's. Rebecca says she no. Off. Lauren was the drunk bistro ninja, not the bistro ninja. And yes, more gaff, please. Firstly, what was up on that skeleton with the skeleton in Liam's room? It was super creepy. Gary needs to beat Mason up. That'll teach him picking on Liam. I do enjoy Liam being called Rat Boy. As horrible as that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Cassie and Ruby scenes in the evening. Listening in. Character of the week is Gemma, although Gaddis is a close second. And I give the week. Well, we've already said her score. Three balloons for Harry, which I just said it's Damon out of five. And finally, what did Nancy think about last week? She doesn't reckon that Gemma should forgive Chesney. Oh, never will. <laughs> um, and she she says that the Damon and Sarah relationship reminds her of Rita with Alan Bradley. I don't know. I don't. I don't, Ooh, I, I don't mm. say that Rita's uh, Rita and Sarah. I don't. But she's right. She says Rita likes a bad boy too. Well, no, she, did, she, she doesn't. She did. No, when Alan Bradley came into it, he was not a bad boy. He was hmm. just a Brad boy, <laughs> and he turned I get bad you. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the. You're right. It right. was after a year. They were like, Mark Eden, what should we do with your character? Let's turn him bad. I he turned bad because he worked that. in an alarm shop and it, it um, put his nerves on edge. <laughs> um, Nancy didn't loves. He? Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he did. He was a home security guy. About he, 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 he tried it on with his secretary, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, she says, uh, also, she reckons Lauren's mystery boyfriend's going to turn up on the street. He's going to have to do something at some point. Um, and enjoyed the Cassie, Evening and Ruby scenes. Three pies that Dev has had his finger in out of five. <laughs> I quite like that one, actually. I missed that one from before. Well done, Nancy. Character of the week is Dr. Dr. Gaddis. There we go. Thank you. Don't forget, if you want us to read out your feedback, no matter what it is, good or bad, as long as you're not rude about the actors or individuals. Or us. Yeah, don't... Well, we nice do. We us. do read out things that rude things that people say about we us. We have though, had we? the odd, the odd. There's been plenty said <laughs> said about us over. Not plenty. Just some. Enough just to some. hurt my feelings. Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. The nice things. Find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. Don't worry, patrons. We will get you your bonus episode for this month. I know. Out. I got no order. It's like the twenty sixth of January. I texted you last night. I had a um, brainwave. Okay, well, I don't do you know. not remember? I do. Yeah, but you, when you text me in the middle of the night, I don't always remember to to do Follow anything. With it. Um, yeah, yes. so we will do our Patreon episodes. I really hope there's going to be able to be a bonus podcast next week. I cannot guarantee it because we've got lots on. <laughs> we'll try. We promise. We'll try. Um, that's it. We made it. Look at that. Look at that. Half an hour until the traitors. Nice. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next week. You're all lovely. Um, So are you, Gemma. I'm including you in that. You're lovely, too. Thank you. I Um, won't have an affair with a decorator. Good. (laughs) Who were you having an affair with? Um, The surveyor. Yeah, he earns a lot more than a decorator. (laughs) Yeah, that is it. Right, anyway, goodbye, everybody. See you next week. Ta-ra. Bye. The music of this episode came from podcastthemes.com.